Blog Talk Radio. Ah.
What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyrie, and once again, you are rocking with the best um, tonight. Just like every other night, I am going to do my best to bring to you and present sides that you may not have this particular perspective. So I say CMP, see my perspective for a second, all right? Or SMP, see my perspective. We know that on the 9th of August, there was a young man named Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, outside of St. Louis, that was shot. And by a police officer, he was unarmed. He died from the guns, gunshot wounds. Um, it's been all over every newspaper around the world. The police started uh, putting on riot gear. The people of the town, rightfully so, very angry, very emotional, started marching toward the police, very upset. As of today, it's the 17th or the 18th or whatever, there still has no no officer has been charged. A lot of shenanigans are going on in the town. Um, the town really wasn't that organized before this happened. The town is getting organized now as far as calming people down so people can stay out of harm's way. All right. Um, but they but as far as political organization, they have years to go. Years to go. I'm going to show. I'm going to present part of that tonight. Um, and you know, every Wednesday night we do a show called Man Leads Radio, based off the information in Roe Cutno's book Man Leads, Women Follows, Everyone Wins. And as I was following some of the stories on the internet, I saw that there was a young lady. Well, let me let me let me preface this a little bit more. We've talked about women being feminine and protecting their femininity, and how important it is as a healthy man in a healthy relationship to protect a woman's femininity as well, to make sure she has a safe space around her. And we've had shows on, well, should the man be leading me, or can that man tell me what to do, or how do I dictate, or how do I know? Can he, can he lead or how can he? And one of the big things we've said is the woman has to step out of the masculine energy so the man can step fully into it, all right? And we've talked about this, but we've, we, we haven't had any type of emergency to talk about, like, of this proportion where man leads is very prevalent to this situation with Mike Brown, all right? Because... Up until, I guess, a day ago when the new Black Panther Party and the Nation of Islam started coming in and hitting the streets, after they put in the black state trooper captain to take over because the chief of police was just tripping, um, some order and leadership started to come back to order. You see, when real men who are healthy came back in, some order started to take place. Now, people are still mad and they're still doing things, and they're looting and violence and stuff like that, and it'll settle down. Uh, astrologically, I did a whole other show to explain 
what was going on with the heavens and what influenced it. A lot of people don't believe in astrology. And they just say, oh, cops are bad and, and they just want to kill black people and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, if that's how you feel. Um, but all I can do is give you the evidence that there were other energies at play that contributed to what was going on. So then, bow. On the 15th, a young lady gets shot in the head. A young lady protester gets shot in the head and puts it on YouTube. I mean, not YouTube, but she takes uh, she takes a selfie of herself riding in the ambulance, and she got shot right here. The bullet. When you turn it sideways, you can see on the X-ray the bullet hit her in her forehead, right above her third eye. For those of you who know what th your third eye, fourth eye, fifth eye, all the way up to the crown chakra. She was right here where her vision, her psychic vision, is at. She got shot with a bullet while she was protesting, right? And the police to this day still have not come to talk to her and ask her what happened and all of this other stuff. They try to say it was a drive-by and whatever, but she was there protesting after dark and got shot. I went on Facebook and my social networks and said, women need to stand down, put their hands in their pockets, and don't be involved in this particular ritual. Because I, th I feel and what I see and what I know that they're being controlled by media who's looking for content, people who want to sell tanks and military gear. Everybody's making money off of this except for the town of Ferguson. The insurance companies, when they're burning down and looting the QTs and all that, you're just hurting your community and you've got to take more money to the grocery store way across town, right? So I made a, a poster and said, women need to stand down. I'm going to uh, pull the poster up so people can see it, and then I'm going to bring on my guest, Ro Cutno, who is the author of the book, Man Leads. And I'm going to turn a lot of the show over to her tonight, and I'm going to just like follow the story over here on YouTube. So if you're watching me on my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see um, you'll be able to see like some of the things that we're talking about, I'm going to pull it up and share it on the screen, and you'll be able to watch it. So I'm I'm, I'm double screening, screening. So I mean streaming. So we're on Blog Talk and we're on YouTube. So if you want to watch it live on YouTube, just go over to YouTube, type in Coach Kyer Man Leads Radio, boom, it'll pop up. You'll see the episode is playing. We're streaming live. All right. Um, let me find this picture because I want to show this even before. Um, before Roe comes on, and people were in uprage. The women, when I said go in, I, I said women need to be in the house. I'm going to read it like word for word, like exactly what I said. So, because people were like upset, mostly females, and then a lot of dudes was in their feelings, and it was like, oh man, um, you're a pimp. The women have always been in the marches. Um, you don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to demean women. You're trying to uh, keep women down. All of that. I mean, like, I was called all types of names, right? So in the flyer, here we go, right here. Let me go back to the Hangout. Let me share the screen so people can see it. 
so they can see what the fuss was about. All right? Put that down. Put that right. All right, okay. So when you notice, it says at the top, it says, Michael Brown Rituals for Justice. All right? I had already posted a picture of a picture of Mike alive, not laying down in the on the ground dead, him with his eyes open, and I suggested that you put a plate of food out for him, put him on put him on your altar, say some prayers for him and his family. Then when I saw the women standing up, I said, Hey, Michael Brown, I put a picture of a woman behind some candles. I said, We need a lot more of this and a lot less of this. And underneath the picture it said black women Stand down this time. Go in the house and do some magic. Let the soldiers be soldiers. You're not needed on the front lines. You're needed in the home doing magic, rituals, and prayers. We love you and thank you. That was a plea I did for females to go in the house and work with your special. You're a specialist at doing feminine things, all right? And everybody was like, I don't like what you said. Look how you said. Look how you. And I'm going to discuss that tonight too. I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to Roe about that, about you know that particular topic. And we're going to look at the words and all of that. All right. So let me come on and bring in because this is the time when we want to say, okay, well, Roe, you say men lead. Where's and a lot of people have been asking, where's the leadership? Um, where's the leadership in um, in this in in this situation? That's what that's what we need is leadership. So, without further ado, I want to open up the mic. Please put your hands together for the author of "Man Leads, Women Follows, Everyone Wins." Roll cut. It's awesome, baby. How you feeling tonight? I'm good. How are you? Oh man, I am um, highly anticipated about doing uh, about doing this show. So I'm I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. I just I'm really um, excited that we have a chance to literally watch what we have been speaking about go into practice when it comes to masculine leadership. Mm. What do you mean exactly? Well, you know, often when we speak, a lot of women reply either by um, Facebook or chat room or by calling in, and and they say that men are not leading, and so women are placed in the position to have to lead and to have to fight for, for things. Okay. Um, but as far as I can tell, there are several men willing to stand up for Michael Brown. They may not be they may not be as organized as possible. Hey, nobody knew that this was all of this stuff was gonna happen. And it's very possible that the women in behind this movement can help the men to organize. That would be lovely. But 
if there are men willing to stand up for Michael Brown publicly and outdoors in the daytime and at nighttime, then how are women feeling that it's logical to say that men are not willing to lead here? Hmm. Right, right, right. And as we discuss over and over again, in order for men to get better and better at leading, women have to move out of leadership positions. Mm. There is no time like now for that to be practiced. We already need to practice this in our homes, but now we have to practice this in society, in front of the media, while the whole world is watching. Think about how united it would look if only men were outdoors protesting. Think about how our people would finally look. Wow. That one single thing, the absence of women, would be more powerful. It would speak volumes to the fact that men are tired, black men are tired of being treated like boys, like Mm -hmm. less than, or like animals. It would speak volumes if we acted as families instead of animals. But if if on the media you saw a picture of the black American man in the streets, organized, even unorganized, in public, absence of women and children around, it makes it very clear about their seriousness and the fact that they want to protect. Because if the women are in the street, they're not being protected. Now, now immediately, some women replied and said, We've always been in a march. Every time there's a march, we've been in it. Every time. Yes, and, we, and black women are still being looked at as less feminine than a lot of women. So maybe it's time that we stop that. Wow. <laughs> and then they said, Kair, how dare you tell us where we're supposed to be? That's yeah. really... That was really a, a point I wanted you to address, that they got mad because I wanted to protect them. And, yes. then, and, and then in my phrasing, they didn't agree with the phrasing, but as I read yes. the exact words, you saw the flyer. It says, go in right. the home. It said, stand down. We don't need you on the front lines. It didn't say we don't need you. But why does she want to be on the front line so bad anyway, Ro? Um, I don't know. I guess we want to prove that we are manly. What is it? What is it? <laughs> well, we don't want protection. What is it? We cannot protect ourselves and want protection at the same time. We cannot be masculine and want our men to be masculine at the same time. 
We cannot fight in the streets and expect someone to see us as worthy of fighting for when we're already in the streets fighting. Mm. And we cannot nurture our homes. You know, there needs to be balance. Children need balance. Men need balance. Women need balance. If everybody's out in the street, there's the balance. Who's, Where who's watching? Is, right. What? Not even not even just where's the balance, but who's watching what, the kids? And what message what message is that sending to the the young female in the house? What message is that sending to her, the young female who's eight oh, I don't care, five, six, seven, eight, twelve years old, fifteen years old, what message is that being sent to her when she sees mom and dad out in the street? Or there is no dad there, and it's just mom out in the street. What message does that send to her? Well, it, it sends a few messages. One of them is that um, women are supposed to be protecting of society. Mm. The second thing is that women are supposed to put their families at the back burner when it comes to priorities. Neither one of those things are healthy for the family, um, attractive to a male, positive as far as the view of this family according to society. Society is not looking at these protests thinking, wow, what a strong Society is looking at these protests thinking, wow, they are so wild, and look how wild the women are too. Whoa. Okay? One of our biggest problems is the, one of the biggest reasons why we are disrespected as people is because we don't show value towards our own families. I cannot tell you how many times people from other countries believe that the black American family does not value each other. They can't even speak English yet, and they get that from just looking. Um, some well, people, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Some people have commented that, well, what else are they supposed to do? They're angry. They're angry as a community. As a community, they're angry. And, and, and I can understand. But right. am I opposed to abandoning household about make a point? And here's my point, because I'm looking at the whole thing strategically. If you even want to come outside in a peaceful protest during the daytime, that's cool. But the police that you're marching against are na- How can that be happening? Somebody was trying to call in. So, how can how can um how could that even happen? Okay, I don't have a problem if you if you want to come outside during the daytime and you want to protest. Okay, but if the cops who are notorious and who have 
riot gear, guns, mm-hmm. tear gas, tanks, bulletproof vests, mace, everything that you don't have. And at nighttime, they're doing the grimiest of things. Why are you still out here after dark? Why are you? Because that's when that's when like the most most ill warfare stuff type t- takes place. Why mm-hmm. are you out here after dark? Why aren't you at home where you are needed? Because if both of my parents are gone during the day and then it gets dark and both of my parents are outside and I hear gunshots, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether my mother got shot or my father got shot. Who's comforting me? back at home. Right. And I can by at no means figure out how somebody, me saying that, they would say, you're being chauvinistic. How could you even mm-hmm. imagine that I'm trying to say, oh, you're just oppressing me? Well, one of the main things, one of the main things is we love to ignore the sensitivity of children as a people. Mm. We love to do this. We, our sensitivity, most, most of us as black Americans were ignored as far as our feelings are concerned when we were children. And everybody knows how it feels, but this cycle continues and continues. These children do not need to be traumatized in 2014, they don't need a reality check about how easily it is to get shot. They need their parents at home. Hmm. Or at least one of them. They need someone talking them through what's happening. What about that? They need normalcy. They need they need comfort. They need to be shielded at the windows in case, in case somebody shoots in. What about that? And hopefully nobody's bringing their children outside during these protests, but I'm sure almost all of these people have children. And even if they don't have children, Women are not supposed to be signaling to men that they don't need their protection again and again and again. Mm. When, women, when, when women do this, we send a message out to the world that we are masculine and manly. There was a woman on YouTube, like I saw like a week ago, and a police officer was in the middle of the highway just punching her face. Did you see that? Yeah. Now, why is this happening? I'm sure you have come up with the same conclusion that I have come up with. Police officers are more and more reacting to black women as if they are men. Wow. More and more black women are getting roughed up by the police. Eventually, it will turn into shooting. Why can't we see this and stop it before it goes that far? Because we're already trying to stop them from shooting black boys and black men. The next step is black women. 
wow, where are they going to go next, right? They got it. If, if they were shooting black men first, now they're shooting black boys. And now then they, they've already shot. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show? They already shot a black woman in the forehead, dead mm-hmm. center. Mm-hmm. She's blessed yeah. to be here. And that's not, that's not, that didn't happen enough times for people to get the message. And I'm sure somebody will say that's an accident. But when, it ha- when, it, when you look at how aggressive the police have become with black American women, I'm talking about shoving them into cells, shoving them into cars, you know, just total disrespect of the fact that they are a woman. It's only going to get worse. The best thing that women can do is, first, be a woman. Be a feminine woman. Make sure that everybody knows you need protection. When women do that, it automatically gives the children protection and immunity from harsh behavior. Like we keep saying over and over again, men respond to women because of masculine instinct. You can't change it. So when a woman or a group of women or a people start to act so masculine, whenever we turn around the corner, all police officers are going to start thinking that all of us are masculine and can handle being roughed up, shoved around, uh, disrespected, and, and more. This is getting worse and worse and worse. And what are we going to do? Keep fighting the same way? The, the definition of, of insane is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm. And I mean, it's happening at such a prevalent rate right now that you just, I mean, like, I know it's been at least 12 deaths since Michael Brown. And, 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 and we don't want to just single it like Michael Brown's the hottest story, of course. But they had the 50-some murders in Chicago a couple of weekends ago. The lack of male leadership. We still need, we still need to start healthy to stand in line. But an angry woman, the men will go stand up against the police, but we won't stand up against an angry woman who's trying to stand in masculine energy. I know mm-hmm. I will I will not, like all of the angry women that were on my Facebook page calling me names and getting in my inbox and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they were, their pictures were very soft and sexy, but their words mm-hmm. were harsh, and I thought I was talking to another dude. And right. it, it, it even seemed as if, yo, we, we will fight you if we see you. If we see, if we see you, we will fight you. And mm-hmm. I was like, who 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 does that and why? You know why would you why would you want to fight me? You know what I mean. And as a female, now my 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 other part that I really wanted to make tonight was strategically, women. Listen to what I'm saying, and men, if you don't know this, if a woman, if I'm going to fight someone, Ro, and I got is me and my five homeboys going to fight. Some five other men. That's all I'm thinking about is me fighting those men 
and those men fighting us. And if I know my woman is home, I'm not even concerned about that. She's not really like, I want to get home, but she's not in my, not a distraction. But as soon as a woman steps in on that line and joins us, the five, she may say, well, now it's six of us. Yes, but my natural instinct is to protect you. So I'm not focused on my, I'm not focused on my foe right now. So you're really exactly. doing us more harm than damage. And so then all of a sudden somebody does a poor job of throwing history in my face and saying, you're getting hosed down in certain situations, and that's water. And the police in the 60s are not the animals and beasts that they are in 2014-15. Nope, nope. It's a whole nother animal. Not I even towards had, women. Not towards women anyway. Not I even women. I even had an attorney tell me that his wife, grandmother, grandfather sent her sister or sent sent someone to a school that had not been segregated yet or had not been integrated yet. And he called that on the front lines. I want to tell you that if you do something historic and, like, people are calling you names and things like that, that's, like, that's not front lines like guns. When you're facing guns, that's front line. But when people are just calling you names, and, yeah, they might be spitting on you, and, yeah, it's very, it's a lot of turmoil and things like that, but it's not the same as standing looking down the barrel of guns, okay? And Mm -hmm. that that is what they're doing right now. You can go and see that the Ferguson Police Department the chief of police was trained in he was trained in Afghanistan with anti-terrorist tactics, and everything right. that, everything that they came out there with that they were wearing was something that would blow your back out. Basically, <laughs> it would blow your back out. And for me to have one sister out there, but for me to have a hundred sisters out there, and we're saying we're arm in arm shows me that that's a lot of unhealthy men. It's a lot of unhealthy mm-hmm. men were there originally. Now, I'm not saying that those same men and the exact same thing is going on today, but we're speaking about this from a standpoint But of, also, you know, women were not as manly as they are now in the 50s either. Let's be clear. Uh-oh. Okay? When women were protesting these visions that we have, are, uh, you know, Coretta Scott King and Angela Davis and so forth and so on. A lot of women were, you know, still within their feminine nature. There were limits to what they would do. Now women are, like, limitless. They're thinking they should do every single thing that a man does. But let's take it away from opinion and let's bring it into scientific. You know, there are several studies that show that men's testosterone levels decrease. I posted one up just before the show on on Facebook, a study, that a man's testosterone level decreases based on the emotions and sadness and behavior of a woman. How is a man going to protect anyone or fight for any cause when a woman is standing next to him? He can't. 
Mm. Women are reducing men's testosterone levels by even trying to protest with them. They can't. A man's testosterone level immediately decreases when he smells or sees tears come from a woman's eyes. This is really important to understand. Women need to understand that we are not the same as men. We need to nurture their masculinity and sit down. Be women. The more feminine a woman is, the more masculine the men around her are going to be. This is what we need to focus on because we can't be men biologically, emotionally, and intellectually. Women are women and men are men. That's never going to change. But we, what we can change is that women are more feminine so that men are more masculine. And women needing men or being in harm's way around men are preventing men from doing whatever they wish to do. Just like you said, if you're out protesting and women are there, it's going to make you be concerned about her. And that's your thinking, but scientifically there's reasons for that. So scientifically they need to stay home. You said something earlier about I messaged you when you said that some of the women that may be arguing, they're probably single. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China with a woman being single and then wanting to be um, argumentative with, um, you know, or, you know, just argumentative, period? They want to be out in the street they want to be um they want to be they, they want to be upset you know can you can you yeah. can you tell me about what how well, does it's that like a catch, it's like a cast 22 because the more angry you are the more argumentative you are the more single you'll be the more single you are the more angry you are going to be so somebody's going to have to make decisions for themselves as to what they want do you because you can't be in a you can't stay in a couple with a masculine heterosexual man and be a man so you're going to have to make the decision as to if you're going to keep your manly manliness going or if you're going to settle it down mm. because even if you don't want a man now, that's a whole other subject because you'll hear me say over and over again that you women need a man. But even if you're saying you don't want a man, which I don't believe, you still <laughs> need a man. You, we, we still need men in protest for Michael Brown even if all the women show up. If all the women show up and no men show up, what's that going to do? Nothing. That's going to look really bad. That's, first of all, that's going to look really bad. Right. It's going to look bad. And it's also going to, um, I mean, just the voice of our actions is one of the main things that I'm talking about. Like, 
I'm talking from such a broad perspective. Like, it really has nothing to do with me feeling good or wanting to, like, tell women what to do. I don't get off telling people what to do. I don't. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't do anything for me to, um, to like, say, I'm, I want you to stand under my foot. No, I want you to stand in your lane. I do want my woman to be beside you. But when I want to be manly, when there's danger around, and I want well, to Well, you know, we have been in this country for generations and generations being told as women that men are trying to take away our freedom. Now, mm. we have to be very, very open-minded to hear and understand that the reason that women have been told this is so that we reject men and stay in the workforce to keep the economy strong. Men are supposed to be demonized. We're supposed to be afraid of men, what they're going to do to us physically and emotionally and all of this crazy stuff. And there are two things, two points I want to make about that. The first point is if so many men are violent, then how come most men in prison are not in there for violent crime? Wow. And the second point is the country, which I always use as, an, as a very good example, is Japan. And, the, and in my opinion, Japanese society has things very balanced and it works very well. Almost every person in Japan is making an average of $400,000 a year. Now, I'm pretty sure that that has changed in the past years because of the global economy, but Japan it has always, for a long time, been doing very well financially. Well, Joe Biden went to Japan last year and started to a campaign to teach the Japanese women that their men are oppressing them hmm. in 2013. Now, if they don't already feel oppressed, then why is Joe Biden showing up? <laughs> and this, he, there is an agreement between their leader and our leader to have women in the workplace neglecting their families by an, uh, a huge number of them by 2017. Japanese children are extremely well-mannered. They have very great records as far as schooling is concerned. Japan is one of the cleanest countries, if not the cleanest country on earth, Culture is rich, it's extremely beautiful, and all of those things are because of what women bring to the, to the table. But our economy is trying to mix things up and benefit from it, and we don't care. We don't care about families. We don't care about children. We don't care if all of a sudden all of the kids in Japan don't have any parents at home just like American kids don't. We don't care. But we need to, as Americans, understand that this is an agenda. Women are supposed to think that men are out to get them. If you are on Facebook and you tell women, no, you need to stay home so we can protect you, 
they're, they're naturally going to get angry because they think that you are out to get them. They have been told this since they were born, and their mothers have been told this, and their grandmothers have been told this. But it is impossible for men to be as evil as the media makes them out to be. It's humanly impossible. If the number of men that the media claimed were evil are actually evil, there will be no men walking around in society. But according to the media, every man is capable of sneaking into your window, breaking into your house, beating you upside the head, you know, harassing your children. This is what the media shows, that men are trying to oppress women. And this is a campaign that they have now started. You can Google it. They have started this campaign in Japan. Now, I don't know. I hope that they are more resistant and that they do their research. But as American women, we need to understand that we have been fooled. We fight for, who fights for freedom to go to work? Who does that? If somebody was taking you care of you at home, what real freedom are you getting by having to be forced to go to work? Like, I don't get it. You know, Joe Biden, he got to push his agenda right now. And he want to catch, he want to get the U.S. Like, if I can't make my economy stronger, let me make one of the strongest economies weaker by doing what we did to divide it. Yeah, well, if their economy strengthens, then that will strengthen our economy as well. You know? <laughs> right. Well, you got a point there. Um, the call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089. Please press 1 if you want to listen in. Um, thank you for joining us on YouTube. You are listening and watching Man Leads uh, Radio. I, I mean, I'm just showing on Facebook some of the people who shared the photo. By the way, there were 91 likes on the photo. 91 like, 91 crazy people, wrote who said, I like it and I agree with what you're saying, Kair. Um, mm-hmm. but, those, but the positive people don't always talk. No, they don't talk. They just hit the like button and keep it moving. Um, right. And then, and then I hear here's here's one here's one comment that I just get sick of these men, so-called conscious, who have adopted the white man's patriarchy and believe it to be ours. They're talking so now, about you telling them to stay inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're responding to the they're responding to the poster that um, that you know I'm with the white man's. Um, I'm with the white man's agenda, and that's who I'm representing is the white man. So I'm saying, yeah, I mean that's what that's what they're accusing me of, which is which to me, like I what I say, and I say it kind of bluntly. If you're used to arguing all the time and not looking for the positive in something, then exactly you want to, especially somebody you don't know. And, like, the, the people I had the most problems with were people who I, were, I was not friends with on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, right. they were blanking out. They were blanking out. And I was well, just like. They don't, know your, they don't know where you come from. They don't know your point of view. They don't know your general, you know, your general way. This happens with me, too. No, not you. Yeah. 
Are you serious? They mistake you? They <laughs> and and they say you're an oppressor. That's, is that in what they certain, say? In certain in certain um, groups, people who don't know my background can easily say that I am. And now I, there hasn't been a good reason. No one has come up with a good reason yet, but that I am. Um, Catering to the needs of men in in several different words. Now, here's the thing. There's no reason for a woman like me to come say all of these positive things about men if they're not true and if men are evil. There's no reason. So either I have my facts completely wrong or I'm lying. <laughs> but they know that I believe what I'm saying, and they don't understand why would I say such nice things about men. Well, so this has been very confusing to people, but, you know. Once again, I want you, because somebody may just come on this post and, you know, may just be getting on the call right now and say, well, who in the hell is she to even write a book called Man Leads, Woman Follow? She doesn't know what the F she's talking about anyway. She don't know her history anyway. She's just talking like that. She's probably married to a white man or she's some so-and-so and so, some kind of agent. Can you please give people just a little bit of background <laughs> at the beginning of the show? But now that they're you leaning in right now and they're calling us names and they're saying, nah, you don't know what you're talking about, can you please give people um, – a, you know, a background, just a little bit of where you come from, uh, why you wrote the book, and where you got the evidence to write the book, and that it wasn't just your, was it, was it scientific facts that you were posting, or were you just posting your opinion? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so my background? Yes, your background. Um. Okay, so first of all, I when I was born my parents were very militant. Very militant. You know, we were we lived we I was born in 1976 and everybody around us was either a part of the Nation of Islam, Black Panthers or something else. Okay? There is not I'm not like uh, coming at this with the naivete of somebody who does not know black America. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, okay, so I have a very strong cultural and linguistic background. And I speak several languages, but I also know who I am. And there is... Um, there have been several um, several aspects of my life that got me to where I am. You know, between traveling and the education of my daughters and the fact that I owned a an international a trilingual international school for eight years, I have become the leading multilinguistic childhood acquisition expert in the world. Okay? Mm. Google me if you want to. Google me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I am a cultural expert on specific cultures. I don't claim to be an expert on cultures that I do not and have not studied. If you ask me about Russian culture, I don't know. If you ask me about German culture, that's not my expertise. My expertise is in Chinese culture, African culture, African-American culture, white American culture, European cultures, but specific countries within Europe, Moroccan culture, and Kenyan culture. I have um, some experience in Latin culture, but it's not my expertise. And the final cultures that I have become an expert on are the cultures of men and the cultures of women. So I approach the study of masculinity and femininity the same way I approach the study of other cultures. And I traveled for two years in 16 countries and interviewed 1,000 men, men and their families on how they live, what they do, um, what their practices are, how they love each other, and how they lead. None of these men were chauvinistic or oppressive in any way. I also um, took from a lot of facts about emasculation, which are mostly not published in English. And one of the reasons is because every single language has its own set of beliefs. And if you speak one language, you find that to be hard to understand. But there is a belief system that circulates through every language separately. It doesn't blend unless you speak, unless you're a person who owns different languages in your head. So our English language, whether you be in uh, America, Canada, Australia, England, Nigeria or South Africa, that language recycles certain beliefs. And if you were to try to research how uh, femininity and women affect masculinity in English, you would not find much because in our system of beliefs, we don't care. Mm. If you want to look at um, more research on masculinity, you need to go to other cultures where men and masculinity are more respected and more um, thought of. So in Israel, for instance, there are studies, there are institutes that study masculinity and, you know, the effects of masculinity, the, the effects of femininity on masculinity. And some of those publications are translated in English, but most of them are not. So we have a system of ignorance fluctuating. What I have done in my book is translate what I have learned through the world in English. Mm. Hello? Yes. <laughs> I, thought were, I thought you were in mid-sentence. No, I was just saying I translated what I learned to English because, you know, if we have a system that thrives on hating men, 
how much research, how much money is going to be put into the research of loving men or understanding men? It seems like there would be tremendous room. There would be tremendous economic uh, room there for that. But at the same time, from your philosophy, we can the family can make more money if the woman stays home, but that means that there's going to be less taxable income from the for the government to have. Right. Exactly. Um, right. Um, I can swallow my good old pineapple juice. I talked to. Um, well, let me see if I got anybody on the line first. Who 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 wants to? Oh, we got some hand raised. Let me take some calls. Call from the four zero four seven six seven. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Good evening, Kair and Ro. This is Kioka calling from Atlanta. Oh, hi, hi. Kioka. I um I have enjoyed the shows. Uh, the previous shows a lot. Um, I'm enjoying the information that you all are sharing this evening. Ro, I, I, just the whole concept of what you guys are talking about in terms of the woman needs to be at home and somebody needs to be tending to these children. I have been in education since the mid-'90s and worked with people before that since pretty much 88. These kids are suffering. Mm-hmm. Our, our educational systems are, are, there's really no words for it, and it's like so many of us are not even aware. The impact, you know, when you talk about the mother being at home, there is really no dollar amount. It's not about what salary you can bring in. It's about who you can be and what you can be to your children and your future. It's not, there is no dollar amount to that. When I think about right. my own upbringing, my mother was, that my family was fortunate enough to, you know, to have a situation where my mom could stay home until at least I was in high school. And Mm -hmm. there is no dollar amount on that benefit. And if we don't wake up and do something in these these schools, I really don't know what's going to happen to us as a people. It is very scary. And a lot of parents are just crossing their fingers and hoping that the school raises the children. The school can't raise the children. You want and me the to school in a, cannot raise the children. You you want me to do in a classroom which you can't do at home with your own child? Come on right. now. And and, and, and how many kids are in that classroom? Exactly, and that's the thing. They are starved for attention. When you cram 28 and 30 kids who, again, are not getting the attention because the people are not home or in the other unfortunate circumstances where the people are home and still aren't caring and raising and growing up their children, mm-hmm. it's, the, the, it's disgusting. They are all attention-starved, and we have become a nation that supports negative negative behaviors but just and giving them attention just for the sake of the behavior exactly we i at my school i i owned a school for eight years i don't know if you if you knew that at uh-huh. my school we would not start the day until we would have the children line up in class and the teachers would sit there and the children would draw a picture of how much love they felt it would be like a little chart right uh-huh. then they Stand in line, and we will hug them until they said, "All right, I'm full." If we did not start the day like that, like literally, 
if we did not start the day like that, the whole rest of the day was a waste of time. Yep, mm. yep, yep. What, I mean, what a wonderful practice. And, and that's the thing. You know, now stuff like that has become inappropriate and stuff like that in the classrooms. It's like these kids are starving. Mm-hmm. They're starving for attention. They're starving for affection. They're starving, They're starving for, for love. They want, you know, just all of that. And so, you know, when you talk about the roles and everything, I get that everybody may not be at a place in their life in terms of where they're ready to hear that and accept that and whatever. But if you can say all that you attach to what that's supposed to mean and what that's supposed to look like and whatever, and just listen to the fact that someone, like you said, somebody has to be at home with the kids. Has somebody to be at to home with the kids. And you know what else? According to my research, this is one of the things that I learned, and it's included in the book. The average amount of time that the parents in my study were physically holding their children per day in the optimal, healthy family lifestyle was 10 minutes a day. Now, 10 minutes does not seem like a lot, but 10 minutes is a long time to hold every single one of your children, even if you have just one. It's a lot of time to just sit there and concentrate and concentrate. But that's what they were doing. If we can just teach parents just one step at a time, starting with that. And that but, but, but see, but that, that's what it is. The parents, the mothers, we've been, like, and you all have mentioned this in previous shows, we've become addicted to the lifestyle that that second income offers well, n- no, y'all have got to make sacrifices w- right yeah. now. You can't, you can't come out balling. You can't come out of out of out of college balling. That it doesn't happen that way, right? <laughs> and and you, this lifestyle that you're talking about, I mean, it's just the whole second job is yeah. for the lifestyle. The whole yep. second job is to for the appearance, yeah. And for the mothers that are um, single moms. They need. We all need to put our foot down for the our feet down for the single moms yep. because everybody knows that the single moms need and deserve help. They should they not be forced out into the workforce. They should not. Parenting is not a single person job. I don't care what you say. It is not. And you know, gone are the days of the single mother being able to stay home. Single mothers back in the 80s were staying home with their kids. Yep. They have taken that away too. But that's unacceptable. That's what we need to be fighting for. Exactly, exactly. And that's what it is. I I have no ill feelings and nothing but support to the families of of these of the victims of the police violence, I mean just straight up violence and and hunting uh, you know separate and apart from that, we kill more of each other every day oh than they than, than they ever will, and yeah. the bottom line and 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 bigger bigger than the actual hand on hand violence that goes on between us, the fact that our people are no longer educating its youth is what's going to kill us ultimately, like, in a way that we don't, that hand-on-hand combat can't compare with. Yeah, but, you know, when we say education, I have learned this from all around the world. 
when we say education, we forget that we are supposed to educate our children on how to be properly loved and happy adults. Education is supposed to be a well-rounded word. Mm-hmm. And as parents, we think that we can send our kids to school to become educated because of the way we use that word. Yep. A parent's job is to educate their children before they go to school. True. And, you know, we, we, the education of a child includes their physical, emotional, and intellectual nurturing. I am so tired of watching our children walk around unloved. I yep. can't stand it anymore. Yep. It's, it's killing unacceptable. us. It's unacceptable. You know, let's talk about that first. Because if children walked around feeling love, people would be less attracted to killing them. Let's speak the truth here. Absolutely. I mean, in, in, in college education, we've been, we've been kind of forced basically to, to offer all these online courses and programs. I have nothing inherently against them. But here I thought in the wake of some of these mass shootings and the violence that was going on that there was going to be a shift, perhaps a shift of some responsibility in that, you know, we really need to encourage more human communication and face-to-face, not less. Yeah. But that's more. not happening. More face-to-face, not less. So this is, what, this is what I think is going to have to happen because – First, we need to identify where the problems are really, and then we need to get to working. Yeah. Because we are, we have always been here to serve. All of the people in America, almost all of the people in America are supposed to serve. Mm-hmm. We like to make it a color thing, but this is everybody under a certain financial bracket. And those people, those people, everybody, people of other colors under a financial bracket, they know that it includes them. They're just trying to act like they don't know. Right. But we are supposed to be servants of this country. We are not supposed to be valued. And in other countries, the sad part is, in other countries, they genuinely value human life mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, we, we, we prefer to value the say, Kardashians, you know. Yeah, you can say what you want to say about how many people kill uh, the Mexican cartels and how they line people up and shoot them execution style, but guess what? The Mexican family is dirt poor on average, Yep. but the Mexican family is united. And nobody is going around disrespecting the Mexican family. No. You don't see any of that. I I, I want to I, I speak on that, too. That, y'all made a very good point. When you value life more, that goes back to what Rose said. Like, there's no history for the police. Like, the police are not above programming from what they see on TV. So what do you think right. a white police officer in racist Ferguson, Missouri, looks at? 
He looks at CNN day in and day out, and he's being programmed by that to be like, yo, first off, Missouri was the last state to uh, abolish slavery in the, out of the 48 states. Then he's watching and seeing three weeks ago that there was mass killings in Chicago and all over the whatever. And he even saw police officers, you know, killing other blacks. And there was no movement by the Justice Department, Obama, uh, uh, what's the guy's name, uh, Eric Holder. None of, nobody made a move. So the cops said, hey, this, you know, and this is, I guess it's acceptable. But you never, like you said, you never see some Mexicans or some Latinos getting shot like that. Does it happen? Sure it does. But ours is the one that gets publicized that we hate. We're, being, we're being disrespected. We're being disrespected. And the reason it's publicized, and people, everybody knows it, is because our lives are less valued socially. Oh. Well, and that's, that, that's in part because if, if you didn't know African, if you didn't know a couple of African Americans intimately and all you knew was what you saw on TV, I would be a little afraid of us too. Wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But guess what? If we are not mirroring in public what's on TV, then right. that would not be able to be applied. Right. But we are. Ooh, that's the problem. Fathers are not letting their daughters go outside wearing what the average black woman is wearing on TV. Correct. <laughs> Whoa. Fathers in the home are not going to allow their sons to wear the skinny jeans that don't even zip up past the crotch. They look ridiculous. They're not going to allow that if they if the family is intact. All of this stuff goes back to the family. All of it goes back to the family. But guess what? I'm not just talking. I am the last person who's just talking because I have been escaping from this country since 2001. Mm-hmm. Leaving and leaving and leaving because I just can't take it anymore. I'm not willing to just talk and sit in America at the same time. I don't have – I'm getting older and older. I'm, I can't do that for y'all. But yep. what I can do is make an actual change or – I'm out of here. Y'all want, if y'all want to come with me, you can. But I don't see the point. I'm either going to make a change or or it's a, a very good effort to make a change, or I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So I don't have time to be talking. I need to be able to see if a change can be made. Yes. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Kiyoka, uh, for calling in. I got to get to the next caller. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Y'all take care. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Call in number is 30, uh, 347 205 9089. 347 205 9089. If you got a comment on this subject, uh, please call in um, 314 814. Your mic is open. Thanks for calling in the Man Leaves Radio. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? 
Caller from the 314-814. Your mic is wide open. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Absolutely. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I know that's Rebecca, Hi. right? I know that off yeah. the gate. <laughs> <laughs> You're so bad. How are you doing, Ro? Hi. How are you? Hello. I'm doing fine. Hey, um, it's. Uh, I'm so glad we're talking about this subject. Um, I started school Monday, and... Of course, I'm in a lot of ethics classes and uh, one sociology class. And um, because I'm, I live 10 minutes away from the actual site in Ferguson, um, yeah, every all of my professors have pinpointed me to be the uh, somewhat of a spokesperson, I guess, in so many words. Uh, one, because I'm uh, one uh, one. Um, excuse me, one, because I'm black in a predominantly white college, two, because of the location. So, um, you know, we have to do speeches and all this stuff and, you know, on the situation that's going on. Well, one thing that I, I definitely, want, definitely want to bring out is, um, you know, as far as knowledge is concerned, you know, it's been said knowledge is power and all. I don't believe that. You know why? Because there are so many people in the state of Missouri who have knowledge. There are so many people over where I live who have knowledge. There are a ton of people in Ferguson who have knowledge. They don't choose to use the power. That's the thing that they need to target, the power. The fact that they have action. Action is the very thing that they need to actually pay attention to. The fact that they have knowledge, you can have knowledge all day long. But then if you don't take the proper steps, which is which the steps are the act, that, that's the action right there. If you don't take the proper steps, then this is what happens. When I'm telling you that we hear sirens, I almost got hit by a police car today taking my children to school because they were trying to catch this guy. Um, I think he'd stolen a car or something. I don't know what happened, but it's like, you can just you can step outside and just feel the tension in the air. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But this is my point. No matter what, when Kyers gets online and he says, "Stay in the home, stay in the home," so many people, so many women, do not understand that. When he says it in a particular, uh, when he types it, I guess if I can say it like that, when he types it in a particular tone in so many words, then it's taken offensively. You know what? It's not taken offensively when the house is burning down and he's telling you to get your behind, excuse my expression, get your behind out the house. You don't stand there and say, well, you didn't say it the correct way. That It's not right. taken offensively then. And and that's what we are dealing with, a fire. The house is burning down. Exactly. It's an emergency. And if you don't, if you don't see the fact that the survival of your lineage, your family, right there in front of you, if you don't see that as an as an emergency, okay, stand stand back. That's fine. But there are others who feel that there is an, that that's an emergency. It mm-hmm. is to me. I'll be honest. If your life it's is in danger, right? If your life is in danger, that's an emergency. Exactly. You know, but I, you know, all of this nitpicking with you know the tone of the way you say this and all of that stuff. Your man at home, he says it that particular way, and you will buy him. But then you get online <laughs> with someone who, I mean, come on, let's let's call a spade a spade. You know, or maybe no man at home is saying that. You know, or maybe no man at home is saying that, which is the very reason why you need to get the book 
pay attention, and not get offended by what the book is saying. To me, that makes sense all day long. You know, I've read this book, and I've, it's, believe me, it, it, I've, I've had some hurt feelings because there were particular things that I did not know that I had been doing myself. Like, like for instance, um, there was one thing in here. I'd actually wrote, uh, I'd written a note over to the side. Like, for instance, um, here it is. Um, okay, uh, number 21 on page 44, where it's saying um, not to uh, expose her to profanity, violence, nastiness, or negativity. Mm-hmm. Okay, uncleanliness. Like, exactly what Exactly what type of uncleanliness? Does it make sense? Am I... Exactly what type of what? Unc- like, nastiness. I was yeah, wondering nastiness. if that was meaning, like, uncleanliness. Like bodily no. uncleanliness? No, nastiness like um, uh, nasty human behavior. Okay. Oh, okay. It goes with the profanity and violence and all. Now, you know mm-hmm. what? And in lieu with, and, and okay, there was something else I wanted to say. I'm sorry, it kind of didn't have anything to do with that. There was I was online the other day, and this guy couldn't understand why it is that uh, I would repost what Kaya would would have online or whatever. He couldn't understand why it is that women need to stay in the house and 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 you know they equate that to you know you just stay in the house, you stay pregnant, and you cook and clean and all. This is my point, and, and this is a point that I had to explain to a friend of mine because I had actually started talking to him about that exact same thing. He says, well, mm-hmm. you know, women are strong and women are intelligent and this and that. That's true. But let's say you and I are standing on the front line at Ferguson. Now, when do, the, when do, when do you uh, – now, he lives in Florissant. I'd asked him, I said, which Florissant is right there next to Ferguson. I'd asked him, I said, so when is it that it's more so cloudy because of the smoke bombs and all? He says, at night. I said, okay, when is it more so peaceful in the daytime? If, which I don't agree with this whole hand, all these hands up in the air and all this stuff, <laughs> yet, yet and still, yet and still, there are some who want to protest peacefully or whatever. When are the peaceful times in the daytime? Well, if you're going to protest, as a woman, if I'm going to be out there protesting with you, let's say you and I are in a situation, if I'm out there protesting with you, we have our children out there, does it make sense for both you and I to protest and then all of a sudden all these smoke bombs are coming, I'm up here hurt, you're up here, how are we helping each other? When you come home from war, in so many words, you should have your bath water ran, you should have a home-cooked meal. You should have you should have a back rub. There are things that that bring that we can do as ours we can do, women that bring out our our femininity and it makes us feel so much more secure because we know that he will come home and protect us the more so. How would mm-hmm. how can a woman fight that? How do you fight that? You're fighting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I well, we don't know because we associate all of that niceness and giving and care with being weak and being taken advantage of. Because we don't we don't know. We don't understand that the more we give the back rub and the bath water and the food to a good man, which I will say once again, most mm-hmm. men are good. Exactly. And the more exactly. we give those things 
the more there is harmony throughout our entire family. Exactly. So, and I'm not saying this because I'm a doormat. I did not have this opinion my entire life. I used to be one of the women who believed that most men are going to try to oppress me. Right. That I was ignorant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm That's not true. afraid of the truth, and I'm not afraid of being wrong either. Exactly, exactly. I know you were saying that you, uh, you, when you were raised, you uh, learned Islam, the nation of Islam. You'd, you'd had studies in that or whatever. I did too. And it's funny because that's where I started actually learning the feminine side. Right. That's when I actually started learning humility and, and, and respectfully saying this so it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings, the, right. the, the, the womanly side or the submissive part of me. And it made me feel so much more beautiful and so much more secure within myself. I stopped right. fighting well, me at that point. Well, I was a child. When, when I was born, my parents were in the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And I was, a, I was born into that. You know, and I guess maybe around age five, they, um, you know, stopped practicing Islam. But, you know, I have always struggled with it because society told me and my sisters that that was oppressive. Right. And so I rejected everything Muslim. I just rejected everything Muslim, which was strange because from from being on the inside looking at it, I didn't see anything wrong. Right. I didn't see anything oppressive, but I went with what society said anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Now I still I'm not going to sit here and say that I. Um, agree with all of any religion because I don't. Exactly. Right. I, I just don't. But mm-hmm. I can see the truth in and the beauty and the harmony where it is. Exactly. It's inside of a Christian home or mm-hmm. a non-Christian home or a Muslim home or a different country, the truth is where the truth is. Exactly. And that's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's truth and falsehood in everything, and there is truth in 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 um, the nation of Islam. One thing I will say, I, you know, of course I don't agree with oppression and all, but I did learn to be more of a woman when I did study that. Right. So, so I will. Well, you did. You did. What What is obvious to, and you know, you, we looked at it from the point of view of the Muslim woman, but this is the same point of view of the Japanese woman, the Chinese woman, the Thai woman, the Italian woman, the Latin American woman. It's the same point of view, and the more exposure you get, the more you realize that women are doing this all over the world. Exactly. In developed and non-developed countries, in places where women are supposed to be be Oppressed in places where we don't think women are oppressed. Women in all these places are in touch with their femininity. Exactly. Except exactly. us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's very, very, very evident. 
It's evident in our clothing. It's evident in the way we stand and the fact that we don't smile. But basically the things that you all have brought out. But, you know, I'll I'll say this. With the fact that you all did bring those out, I have been definitely paying attention to myself and to the things, the people around me, you know, different women, the way they stand, you know, when when they're at the grocery store, making sure they don't lean and, or, or excuse me, saying if they, you know, just how they stand and how they tend to their children and, you know, the wording they use and all. It, it, this book has brought out so much. It, 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 you hit so many great points. You are, you are definitely a great writer, definitely. Thank you, but you know what it is? These are the truths and the wisdom of almost every part of the world in wrapped up in a book. Right. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, I wrote it down, but I took everybody's wisdom and put it into a book. Yeah, but you know what? We as women, those who are actual, actually feminine beings and who actually appreciate who we are, we piggyback. We will definitely piggyback with your spirit, and the reason is because you have the courage to do it. So many people did not have not had the courage to do it. They wanted to do it, and they've tried to do it, and maybe didn't you know? Maybe it didn't come across well. You wrote it well, and you did a great job, and I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Rebecca. You're very. This is a dream come true. Next caller from the eight five zero seven zero two. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, Coach Fire. This is Aisha. I'm calling from Florida, Tallahassee. How are y'all doing tonight? Hi, Aisha. Hi, how are you? I am excellent. I just first first before I even get started, I wanna thank both of y'all for this show tonight. And I would love to thank the last two callers because their insight was beautiful. And Rebecca I don't fight it. I don't fight being a woman, ever. I love it. I love my feminine side. <laughs> I feel you. But honestly, I just want to say something small. Just As far as my kids are concerned, I've always been a single mom, and it's never really been in my power to be able to just stay home like I want to. But one thing I have always done is I have always went hard for my kids. So, like... <laughs> I would always work nights when they were in school and then stay up during the day and, like, be a classroom mom. Um, Actually, right now, what I do for my daughter's second grade class is I go in the morning once a week, and for three minutes we meditate. Mm -hmm. We just take three minutes to just love ourselves and think happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. And And we stretch out, and it's awesome. So, we need more moms like that. We need more uh, moms like you. I didn't used to be like this. My children will tell you I used to be hell on wheels. Hell on wheels. But I'm going I'm to I'm tell you, the the gentleman who's hosting this show, the reason why I'm listening to it because he sent me the invitation is just reading the things that he would put onto Facebook helped me to change myself and my way of thinking. Deep down inside of myself, it was always... Under the surface, it was always there to be more to be more of a lady, but I was so used to just doing it by myself that I had hardened myself. Right. And 
it was nice to hear that there are still men out there who want to make me feel safe and protect me. And because I opened myself up to that, I finally have someone who recognizes that also. And it's a very good thing. And I haven't read your book yet, but you best to believe after the last after the last uh, critique I got on it from Miss Rebecca, I'm going to be copying that book sometime this week. So, yeah. Yes, it is amazing. It's, you know, it is an, it's just an amazing thing to have, that, to own. I read the book weekly, and I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> because I ain't mad you know, at you. Yeah, like Rebecca said, it's a manual, and it's just, it, I, I just look forward to hearing your response from it. Well, I definitely will because I, I, I already checked your Facebook page out and, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna see about it. I'll I'll definitely give you some type of response on it. But I'm just yeah, I'm just thankful for all the information I've been given tonight and I totally agree that we gotta get back in the house with these kids. Like there's no our children How are slipping away. I have no idea. That's that's like you know what I'm saying? I have no idea. All I see this is what I think this is what I think the problem is. I think that people aren't selfless enough anymore. Women are so caught up in how they look, they're not thinking about their babies. They're worrying right. about the wrong right. shit stuff. They're worried about the wrong right. stuff. Right. And, I, you know, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about my children's grammar. I'm worried about their attitudes towards the rest of the world. I want, I want them to just walk in love, like. You know what I thought of, though? You know, a lot mm-hmm. of money can be generated by people uniting. And I thought a few months ago, I thought of mothers um, having a network where they buy things from each other and trade things from e- with each other. You know what? Can I tell you something? I was watching the view at work today. I'm sorry, the talk at work today, and Tyler Perry was on there, and he was talking about something like that. And it's weird that you would say that and allude to that. And I don't know. Things have just been happening interestingly today. I think this is just another little. Domino falling into the fate of place, place of fate, or mm-hmm. something. I just that's interesting that you would say that because evidently he has some movie out called The Single Mom Club. I apologize because I don't have cable. We don't really watch television because I don't I like for my children to be. I haven't watched TV in 11 years. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, I work in a nail shop. That's the only reason why I saw it today. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. So what happened? Well, so evidently he has this movie called The Single Mom Club, and in the movie. The ladies all depend on themselves, like, as a group of women to help each other out, to give each other a break. Like, for example, the one night a week, one mother keeps everybody's kids while the other four mothers go out and enjoy themselves. And every week they take a turn, like, they take a shift every week with everybody's kids. And honestly, I'm going to have to go buy the movie because I think it's a wonderful concept. But it just shows, like, women bonding together. And... In all honesty, there's no reason for our sons not to be proper men without don't don't get me wrong. Do not get what I'm fixing to say wrong because I know that men belong in the house with another man. There's no way I can teach him I cannot teach him how to be a full man, but I can instill in him the values that he needs to go forth to be respectful enough to learn from a real man and actually learn and understand what he has to say. Mhm. So so I think what, that I was like, of, what I was okay. thinking of is more of a black family network. Hmm. It doesn't okay. have to be black, but it probably would benefit black families the most. Well, I think it should start out that way, definitely. I mean, maybe later on down the line we could, you know, let some people 
Well, I'm biracial, so I mean, honestly, I don't know how to just come at this, but personally, no, I, mean, I think we that have to remember, we always need to remember as Black Americans that we are only about thirteen percent. And this is true. And then like, I have to be very clear. If we're going to be strong at something, we need to have numbers. Mhm. Yes, you're right. And isn't it funny how that thirteen percent we control so much dollar, so many dollars circulating. And we're such a little amount of people, like mm, people of color, period. Like I work with Asian people now, and the way that they do things is so – I'm thankful they let me in and just let me see how they do stuff because I'm about to take yeah. what I know and just move with it because yeah. I, see why they, I see why they succeed as a group of people. I really right. do. Yeah, and like, that's, what I, that's what I'm referring to. I want to do something that is inclusive of – men and women who are trying to bring support to the family. Because, it's, you know, what we have been doing is expecting the government to care. They don't care. No, they don't. They're never going to care, and we're not even supposed to be doing well. So No, no. No, we're not. You know. not you are correct, 110,000% correct. We're, you know, and when I say we, I'm talking about everybody under a certain financial category. And I agree 100% wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, because my mom's side of the family, they were not affluent at all, and the stories that they told, like you said, everybody was a servant. Everybody's here to serve under a certain income bracket. It's Mm -hmm. very, it's made very obvious, made very painfully obvious daily. Mm. Right. Some people are escape now in the media. It's obvious that there are certain groups that are used as scapegoats. But mm-hmm. the whole picture is that everybody under a certain financial bracket is a servant to this country, mm. and we don't even need. We don't necessarily need our incomes to improve to help each other. Hmm. Everybody thinks everything costs money. And things cost some money, but we know, like, babysitting is extremely expensive. So if somebody helps you with caring for your children and they're trading a service, that's saving a lot of money. Mm. Yes, it is. So, yeah, let's let's think about that. Can you um, inbox me on Facebook? I will be happy to inbox you on Facebook because I think I just, yeah, yeah, I will be happy, happy to to um, okay. inbox you. Yes. All right. And it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, too. Thank you, Aisha. It's always a pleasure. All right. Caller from the caller from the four one six. Eight four five. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm calling from Toronto. Stephanie. And uh, hey, what up? What up? Yeah, uh, I didn't catch the show at the very beginning, but I just want to know if you spoke about daycare at all. Like, if you spoke. No. Oh, okay. Well. I started I started a job in May. At the time my daughter was a little over she was over a year, almost 2 years old. She turned 2 in um July. 
And the very first day I brought her there, she was terrified. Like, I mean, like, terrified. Like, she was trembling. And that kind of made me worry because I had never left her in a strange place for hours before. Mm -hmm. So when I left, I just got, like, a panic attack because I couldn't take it. Like, I wanted to quit because I couldn't stand seeing her like that. Until this day, she always cries when she goes there, and she always cries when I pick her up. And they're looking at me like I'm doing something wrong. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, I've never left, just dropped my child somewhere randomly and left her there. Oh, they're trying to make you be less sensitive as a mother? Yeah, like, oh, don't worry, she'll get used to it. Or they start to question my parenting. Mm-hmm. Because they see her mm-hmm. crying and the other kids are just acting, quote, unquote, normal according to their, according right, to right, what right. they see as normal. <laughs> you know, so. The other kids are, just, the other kids are detached. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want my daughter to be like that. I don't want her to be like, oh, whatever. My, I expect that my family's going to leave me somewhere randomly. And it, to me, it's strange. Like how, obviously, I would expect the baby to cry. Like I bred, mm-hmm. breastfed her for almost a year. Like, right. I don't know. Are you from another? I, are you from another country? Yeah, Canada. Okay, I can tell. Listen, in this country, <laughs> motherhood is regarded as being weak. <sighs> I'm sorry. I I told myself after my contract's done, I can't put her back into that situation. Yeah, it's and been it's the not main, the big it's not the daycare. All of them are the same. They're probably not doing anything to her. It's just the fact that they're trying to detach, emotionally detach her. This is what we do. Yeah, and we're, I... we're having a conversation about how mothers need to be more nurturing and more bonded with their children and their families. So you're, right on, you're on the right page. You're you're doing a good job. Like, I don't understand how you could not want to stay home with your kid. Like, for the first well, week we, I went to work. we're from America. We've been brainwashed. <laughs> uh, no, I'm like, no, I'm saying in Toronto here, some of these, some of the, the some of the mothers are like that as well. Like, here uh-huh. we actually get, we get subsidized daycare, so I don't pay for my daycare. Right. And, like, some of the mothers, they or detached as well. It's like, okay, some of them looked at me like, why are you still breastfeeding your kid? Like, shouldn't you be working? Like, don't you want to go out there? And I'm like, no. (laughs) You know, but no, like, I don't. I don't want to be under stress and then have to come home and feed my child. Like, I'd rather just stay with my child. And they're still young, right? Stephanie. Stephanie. Stephanie, don't you want your freedom? (laughs) Well, I when you're not working when you're working for someone else, are you free? No, I'm just saying that's what people are gonna say. I know, I know, I know, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like when you're working for someone else, are you free? Because how can you be somewhere knowing your child somewhere else and not knowing what's happening to them? Yeah, but a child is like a child has become an ornament. Just like an afro. I wanted to sneak that in. I'm glad you said that. Hold Just on, like an sorry. afro. No, listen. No, listen, because as I'm going through pictures right now and I'm looking at, I just typed in 
uh, Ferguson riots, uh, Ferguson, Michael Brown. There's like the skinniest black girl I've seen, and she's got the biggest afro, and she's standing directly in front of the line of the police before um, Captain Jackson came in. So this is when they had all their riot gear gear in, and she's probably a buck oh five soaking wet, and she's got her camera, her phone is in her hand, and she's she's holding up a sign and she's screaming about um, justice for Mike Brown, and you can just look at her like everything's matching, like the T-shirt, like it's such a fad now. It's such a fad to go jump in front of the camera because this is where the most cameras are. And so now somebody's going to say, well, oh, look, I'm not making generalizations. I've seen a female jump in front of the camera just so she can be in front of the camera. If she doesn't have a PhD, PhD and if she's not a lawyer volunteering because the lawyer that they have, listen, they're shopping the law. The lawyer that they have for Mike Brown is Trayvon Martin's lawyer. So he got mm-hmm. off. So Trayvon Martin's killer got off. Zimmerman got off. So why would I wow. go back and hire the same, the same dude? And every time there's a press conference, you have the same black women standing behind the chief of police and the captain of the state troopers. Listen, a lot of these people are doing what I call ho-testing. So ladies, the reason I'm saying stay at the house because you're participating in a game that's not set up fairly from the gate. It's not set up like you, if, if we're playing Monopoly, let's say me and Ro and Stephanie are playing Monopoly, but I get to roll the dice and go around the board four times or five times and buy up property and do all this stuff and pass go, and I don't let Stephanie and Ro go, and then I let Stephanie and Ro sit down and roll the dice, it's impossible for them to win or even expect the game to be played fairly. So mm-hmm. how is that the same women in every press conference are standing, these same black women, and they nod their head like it's a song. They're nodding their head to get you to nod your head. And that's why I'm saying the healthy black women who do believe in their spirituality and their feminism and that they, they rule the domain of magic. They rule the domain of magic. Go home and do some rituals. And I just posted a um, posted something on my page where Malik Zulu Shabazz, who is the he's like the organizer of the New Black Panther Party, and you know the, like the the black conscious people who were on the ground. And he says somebody claimed that it was magic, but it wasn't magic. It was us. You clown, Malik Zulu Shabazz, <laughs> clown. If magic put you there, like if it, if he got killed on the night and you didn't get there until two or three days ago where you could get some control, where were you on the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th? Your flight couldn't get flown in? You didn't have the money to get flown in? What were you doing? You know, so, and then you're going to say, Somebody said it was magic. Well, guess what? If somebody said it was magic, that all of a sudden the streets were calm last night, then I want to say thank you to the women who did say, I'm going to stay home across the country, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my rituals, light my candles, say peace for Mike Brown, say peace for his family, and ask ask that the streets be calm. 
because it, when it okay is he the leader in there right now? Yes, it's good to see. Yes, he's organizing. Good to see. But now it's just as ridiculous for him to try to take all credit. Like I, he says, I'm in control and I'm controlling the flow of traffic. Well, if you're so omnipotent, where were you on the eighth or the ninth when he got <laughs> shot? That's my point. So I want to make that very clear that the magic is happening. And people in Ferguson are feeling the magic because they're talking about it. Now, when somebody wants to talk down on it, it doesn't matter. It's like somebody saying, I don't believe the sun's going to rise tomorrow in the east. Who gives a flying you-know-what? Who gives a flying EFF if you don't believe it's going to come up tomorrow? The sun's going to keep coming up, the earth's going to keep rotating, and everything's going to keep going on in this universe whether you want to take credit or not. So um, I'm not I a feel critic. Like a lot of people in our community feel so much pressure just to exist. Like, yes, this happened. I don't want to be cold about it, but he's gone now. And it's not right. something that hasn't happened or hasn't been happening. Like in Toronto, like we had one summer called the Year of the Gun. And after that, they created police programs and did all this stuff because it was just crazy. These youths were going out, randomly shooting people. Like, most of the people that get killed is, like, because random. They don't even hit their target. <laughs> and he's gone now. Like, I put on my Facebook, you know, I want to do a community ritual. And if anyone's interested, you know, contact me. Only one person contacted me. But if you say, let's go rally protests and, you know, go buck wild in the street, everybody's like, yeah, like, you know, like, people want to get hyped. But nobody wants mm-hmm. to just, I don't know. It's really crazy. But in terms of what you're saying about women staying home, I agree. Because I also, in my job, I'm the garden coordinator where I work. But we also have a summer camp program with youth. With youth. And my boss asked me to work there this week. These children are crazy. They're, they're, they're crazy. And it's not their mm-hmm. fault. It's not their fault. It's partially their environment and how they're raised. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be doing something incorrect. No, how, they're, how they're not raised. And how they're not raised. They'll do something incorrect. And when I go to correct them, it's like they're terrified. Like, it's like they're shocked. Like, they weren't expecting me to say, don't do that, or, why, or question, like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And I see the staff members watching as these kids, like, hit each other, talk down to each other. And even in the conversations, like, the staff are not even listening to hear what they're saying, if it's inappropriate or not. Like, I heard one of the youth saying something inappropriate to another child. And I'm like, listen, I don't want to hear any of that. Like, just stop. And don't say that. You know, in, the, in whole, the whole thing is an emergency. The whole country is in an emergency. And we are literally walking around. In, in, you know, one of the reasons why there's not a lot of action until something horrible happens is because we cannot handle the fact that we're living in an emergency. Mm. <laughs> yes. We don't see it, see it as an emergency because a lot of people are living a TV lifestyle. Like what they see well, on no. TV. Subconsciously, subconsciously, we have to know it's an emergency because it doesn't yes. feel right. Yes. Yeah, Something yeah. is very wrong. We know yeah. how people treat us. We know how we treat people. We know how it yeah. feels. It's very wrong. 
When you are yeah. living in a society where you pass people up on the street and you don't acknowledge them as if they don't exist, something yeah. is very yeah. wrong. Or if you acknowledge somebody and they look at you like, why are you talking to me? Who are you? <laughs> something is very wrong. Humans in this country are asleep. On their phones. I wanted to add the sentence, people are asleep on their phones. That's all I mean. Everything, the phone is such a, the phone is such a decoy to not talk to someone. Yes, that it's it so is, true. It is bananas. Like, I know Have you I guys seen the movie Her? H-E-R? What is it? Yes. What is no. it? That, it's called Her, H-E-R, by Spike Lee Jones. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh! No. That was an eye opener in terms of technology and our psychological emotional state, and the the level that it could take us to. It was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not gory or anything like that, but like the storyline and just like how the people in that movie were interacting with each other and technology was crazy. Mhm. It's, it's very difficult for me to watch. It is very difficult for me. I, and, you know, I don't have any problem with admitting that it is very difficult for me to live in this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, is, mm-hmm. it, it is a stifling feeling, a constant feeling of being frustrated because I know and you know that it's not necessary to live like this. No, it's not. So, like, you know, the the more that we know that it's not necessary, the more that we realize that everybody is wasting their time. Yeah, even when it comes to nutrition as well. Like right. how I see, like, a lot of the, the youth, they abuse their bodies. They don't see it as a priority. Like, why should I care what I put in my mouth? I feel fine now. I'm okay now. Or this is what I've been eating. This is what my mom gives me. And that just goes yeah. to show how valuable parenting is. Because whatever their parents are giving them, they see as right. Like, why would my why would my mother or father give me something that's bad for me? And that's scary. That's scary. Because parents, like we say on every show, parents are in our society. Parents are borderline depressed. Um, people are not happy with their lives. People argue with me daily because. They don't even know what happiness is. They don't have a frame of reference. People think that, people in our society think that happiness comes from your perception. This is not true. But parents are passing this false, um, borderline depressed happiness onto their kids. (laughs) And those are the children that you see when you drop your child off to the daycare. Hmm. Like, how could, I don't know, it's strange to me. These parents are like, oh, bye, hurry up, go in. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm standing there, I'm late for work. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I'll be back. No. Like, just giving her the, the pep talk. Like, from, it's more for me, for myself, because I can't handle it. You know, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And you're supposed to not be able to handle it. You and your children are supposed to have a strong bond. You and your children... 
um, your man, all of you are supposed to be close. But we don't encourage that. We encourage for everyone to just separate. Children are supposed to be separate from parents. Parents are supposed to be separate from each other. Everybody is supposed to be separate, and everybody is supposed to only think about themselves. And then we wonder, what's wrong with the police shooting people in the in the face? They only think about themselves, too. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Like, when I was growing up, the police, like, there wasn't that much, even though people say there was violence, there wasn't that much police brutality or police violence, like, when I was, a, like, a younger child. Mm-hmm. It was more... Like the that's not that wouldn't be their first reaction is to shoot somebody because they kind of knew you because they were surveilling the community so hard and they would talk mm-hmm. to you and there would be there would be more there's more conversation going on mm-hmm. than there is right now. right you know and no, because everybody's in fear yeah and even when they they if they knew your parents then they would just talk to the parents like now you don't see the parents or the parents don't want to be seen well the parents are at work they drop the kids off at school remember. Yeah, but wow. even if you were to call them and even if you're to call them and speak to them, they don't want to have an interaction with you. But the parents only were, text message. the parents only do text now. <laughs> they only do text. <laughs> they only do texting now. <laughs> like right. on on a final note, on a final note, like when I was younger, my mom she stayed home with us like during elementary school and she was on social assistance but she was way happier. Like, she was a yeller, but I can say my mom was more relaxed. Like, when she started Mm -hmm. to work, she just became, like, I don't mean to say this about my own mom, but she became the devil. Well, you know what? That's funny because I wanted to say earlier that in Japanese culture, when the women, when the wives go to work, that's called double wife. What? Wow. Yeah, when the wives go to work, they, they... refer to those women as double wife because they don't have any more patience. They turn masculine. Oh, my gosh. No patience, zero. Yeah. They don't have any more patience. They forgot about their feminine nurturing. So the the Japanese men do not want their wives to go to work because they know that their personalities will change. They're going to be double wife. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it's it's like that. I'm experiencing that even to this day. My mom has two jobs. And it's right. like she's a, it's like she's addicted. Cause my brother, both of us, I don't know what it is. I really don't. I think that that's maybe she feels that she, that's all she has. Uh-huh. Cause my brother and I are both grown, but yet she has. I my mom had three jobs at one point. I begged her to quit one. I'm like mom, just quit one. Like this is just like it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So she quit the one. She quit the one job because I went to work with her during, like, one of her jobs. I'm like, why are we here? I'm like, I'm leaving. She's like, oh, but you're not. I'm like, no, let's go. Like, it was well, craziness. It was crazy. Well, let me tell crazy. you what. You, you can tell your mom that that is called oniyome. Oniyome? Yep. Double wife. <laughs> Double wife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, but it's so true. It's so true. It turns you into a monster. 
I got to get to the next caller. I got to get to the okay, next no caller. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Right. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Y'all over here. I got one more caller to take. Uh, if you're on the line and you're listening through the computer, you're going to need to call in. Let's call her. 347-205-9089, and press 1 if you would like to uh, have yourself heard. I do see a couple people who just came on and press 1 if they want to be heard. I'm going to get to you too. Uh, first is going to be the 817, then it's going to be the 909, and then we're going to see if we're going to have anybody after that. But in four minutes, it's going to stop streaming online. Uh, we want to hear everybody's feedback and opinions and their thoughts. We love to hear from somebody who's in the Ferguson area. If you're in St. Louis and you have a comment, I would really, really, really like to hear what you have to say. Uh, caller from the 817-703. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, my name is Nadi Ray, and I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Thanks, Nadi Ray. <laughs> I'm, I'm, how are you doing? I'm calling because, um, one, I loved your post, um, and I, um, I put it up on my uh, Facebook, and I got a lot of backlash from a lot of different of, of, um, sisters on my page. Some sisters got so mad at me for reposting that, that they um, deleted me off their friends list. But I feel like as a mother, like today I'm 33 years old, and I have three children, and I cannot be on the front line. It wouldn't make any sense. If something happens to me, I'm taken away from my children. And I'm married. I've been married to my husband for um, 15 years, okay? But, you know, the first thing I said to, to um, this one sister said, it doesn't make any sense that I leave my family and take away um, their mother, their nurturer, for, for something that I feel. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, yes. Okay, something I feel that should be my husband and man should be taken care of. Now, see, here's my thing. If I was single and I didn't have any children, it would make more sense to me. I feel like it should be a balance in, in everything. I'm not single. I have children, so it's not my place. The first thing I did when I heard of the incident was I start doing my rituals, okay? But... You know, I think um, in the other call, the call before the, uh, the last person, she was talking about how women, um, you know, they um, feel like they need to be a part of um, the movement. And we are a part of the movement. We have always, as uh, African people, as black people, we have always been a part of any movement in our societies. However... There, everybody has their own role, depending on what's going on. So just to say that, you know, we've been taught, you know, a certain way to think because we're here in America, I think it's somewhat of a generalization. My mother was a Christian, and she's from Texas, but I grew up in California, and she lived in California. We lived in California for about 30 years. I was born here, and then we left. However, you know, she has very seven traditions where she cooked, she cleaned, and she went to work. I went to school. I knew when Mama came home, she was going to cook. And five days out of the week, we had a hot meal. Maybe on Saturday, she didn't feel like cooking. And my mother was married, not to my father, but to my stepfather, who she's still married to. So that's what I saw, and that's what I'm doing with, with my children. And I see a lot of other families 
you know, that uh, do the same thing. And maybe because I'm from California, I have a different point of view when it comes to the black community because I grew up in an upper middle class community. So I'm kind of... Um, I'm kind of detached when it comes to um, the way most black women see things. Like, I don't think that it's, it's a, a, a humongous issue in a community that women are single because every woman I know in my family and my friends, they are with their mates. They're, they're, they have strong family units. units. Everybody in my mother's family are ma- is married. So I think some way it's a generalization when you say that, this is what they're doing, and this is how we see the world because we're being brainwashed. And, you know, I, I'm going to make another point, and then I'll, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. But, but I'm in, in school for my master's in psychology. And um, I was just telling my, um, my professor that I think that, you know, it needs to be a law in how we raise our children. Um, and like, cause I'm, I'm talking about like an authoritative parenting style versus authoritarian parenting style, which is, is very similar but slightly different. And if we can have the whole world understand how we communicate and deal with one another as a people and as parents, then we won't have situations like the Trayvon Martin case or um, the Michael Brown because it would be everybody has a value system. Everybody mm-hmm. has the same morals. Everybody has the same understanding. So it's not just that, you know, um, these, these things are not out there because, you know, different ways of how to raise your children, they're out there. It's what people choose, what people choose and what people want to believe. And everybody has their own choice, whether they know it consciously or subconsciously. Everybody does have their own choice, but everybody does not know it consciously. And this is the problem. People don't exercise their choices. They don't know what their choices are. They're not interested in their choices. These are all problems. Okay, but to lash out and make generalizations and say, well, it's not our fault, it's the oppressors, to some extent is not right. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm I'm with you a thousand percent. That right there, it's like anybody who just, like, does the whole victim complex that means you make the other person the villain, you make yourself the victim, and then you sit around and wait in what I call the uh, the Messiah syndrome, where you wait on somebody to come in and save you. This is really, and, and I'm going to say this, y'all going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm not insulting anybody's religion or nothing, none of that. But that old school religion is what's got them jammed up, and every time they're screaming for Jesus, and I, I mean, I'm sorry, screaming for justice, I'm talking about the Black Panthers, the Nation of Islam. I'm talking about everybody that's down there, I'm talking about they're screaming for justice. And you know good and well that the two things that you want to happen can't happen tomorrow. You're right. thinking that Jesus coming back for me, do it all, take it away in one whop. You're, you're stuck in that, the wrong format of Jesus. Jesus was all about the Christ in you, awakening for you. He wasn't about um, just I'm not going to do nothing until Jesus come back because the two things that people want to happen are not going to happen. Let me just be very matter-of-factly. The, no, <laughs> the, police, the police officer who has fled the state without right. being charged, 
who does not have to come back if he does not want to, and there's no guarantee that he's even in the country, but he's being protected because he's a member of the um the the whatever the little lodge, the little the little thing that um sacred order of police officers. So they have their thing and he's protected wherever he's at. They already raised like what, twenty one or thirty thirty one thousand dollars for the police officer who was accused and that's one. He he's not gonna come back and just say, Look, I'm gonna kill myself. Because that's what everybody really wants. Like most of the black people, to them, justice is they want him assassinated or they want him to end up dead somewhere. That's what they want. That's not going to happen. Two, the trial will not even happen in Ferguson. You heard it here first on Man Lee's radio because there's so much media coverage and the town is so small that the, that the, trial, the trial will not even happen in Ferguson, Missouri. And... And if and if it did, you wouldn't have but one black person on the on the on the um on the jury because nobody's a registered voter. They're, they're only gonna remember to be on the jury. You have to be a registered voter. They're looking for your voice. V O in, in vote is the V O in voice. So you haven't expressed your voice through through voting or through political means. The um officer is not gonna kill itself. Nobody can find him and kill him. So what justice are you looking for? And then you have the same sorry-ass lawyer who couldn't even get Michael Zimmerman. That's the first thing I said. I said, why are you going to take a lawyer that lost? Why are we taking a lawyer that lost? Because he wants the publicity because he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money off of Trayvon Martin going on TV shows. So, like, when they ask Trayvon Martin's mom and daddy to come on a TV show, you have to pay them. So since he's, an, so since he's the attorney, he brokers the deal. So he's now an agent. He's mm-hmm. an agent. In Hollywood, you can't do a movie deal without an agent, which is normally mm-hmm. an attorney. So And they mm-hmm. talk to one another because most of, most of them are, especially black attorneys in North America, most of them are Alpha Phi Alphas and members of um, the Boule. So they're talking to one another. They're talking to mm-hmm. one another. So that's how he didn't get picked. He picked himself and was like, hey, you know me, don't you? And look at um, Michael Brown's mother and father. Do they look like they have money to afford an attorney to go up against the state? They do not. They do not. And then, as Rose said earlier, Let's look at the intelligence factor. Did you know that I know she was emotional and I know she was, you know, upset when her son got killed, but she even said if anybody was going to kill him, let it be me. His, his life was mine to take. What kind of craziness is that? Look at I mean, how do Yeah, listen, listen. Even if she's not intelligent, that does not take away from she is her that she is the mother of Mike Brown. And she what she says, that, you know, she's still in mourning and lost. Yesterday, she was just probably fussing and yelling at her son, okay, not thinking she was going to lose him. He just graduated from school, you know. And so you don't, don't do that. I'm not throwing her under the bus, but I'm looking at it realistically to say that anything that comes out of your mouth when you're emotional is an indicator, is indicative of your upbringing. 
when you're emotional, indicative of you being raised in an upper class family. You didn't come up in the poverty that she did. You would never stay in those apartments that she stayed in. So you, so what you would say as a mother who had a child would be indicative to your education level, your relationship that you have had. All of that is indicative of when you say something emotional. So don't you get emotional and think that I'm throwing her under the bus and saying that I'm making some generalized statement. As no, no, what, I, what I mean, what I mean is what I, I'm saying is that. Listen. That's why you have to listen. That's why you have to listen. And I'm listening. Okay. And I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm saying that she is in the morning stage. So no matter what type of education she has at this mo- moment in time in her life, she just lost a child. Okay, that is, she is going to different stages, she is going to different, especially as a woman, which you cannot, you know, understand. You know, her hormones are raging. And uh, if something happens to my child, I don't know what I would, I would say. My child, not only did he die, but he was shot down, execution child, in the head. That is horrible. You don't want to think of your child dying like that. I lost my first son, okay? I lost my first son, um... When I was 19 years old, and I, I had a, a, a miscarriage, a late miscarriage, and he died in my arms, okay? Nobody understands how you, it feels to lose a child unless you lost a child, especially when you have to bury them. So what you go through emotionally, it, it, it doesn't really, it has nothing to do with your education. She couldn't say anything. I mean, I've heard people who have more education than me say some things that I've never heard. I would never want to reiterate. So that's not fair. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I appreciate you guys taking my call. Yes, I don't don't want to hold up the the, um, the call too much longer. But I just wanted to say that I, with me, I know how to shoot a gun. My husband makes sure that I know how to shoot a gun. We have, you know, but. I think it's important for if you're a mother to stay at home, and I totally agree with that, and to learn the ritual. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. Uh huh. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Caller from the nine nine zero nine. Your microphone is wide open. Where you calling from? Hi. Um. This is Tiffany. I follow you on Facebook. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, hi, I'm from California. Hi, everybody. Um, I can only, well, you know, I have three sons. One of them will be 19. Um, one is three, and my middle son passed away a couple of years ago. And then I can only talk. I don't have a husband or anything. I'm a single mom. I came from a single, you know, parent background. Basically, it was like my mother and my grandmother raised me. My dad was in and out of, you know, out of jail my whole life. And I know, you know, I I didn't grow up, like, in the projects or anything like that. My grandmother basically made sure I, you know, went to private school and did the best that they could. But if I wanted to, to step outside and do me, I still did. But being a parent that lost a child and I seen my child take a, you know, they last breath, I know it hurts. It's like the world stands still right then and there. You can't see, you can't hear, you just blank. And mm-hmm. 
I was here in California because I grew up here, so I was here when they had, you know, the, the riots when they had out here. I was young. I was in high school, and I never forget everybody was, you know, going up in thrifty CVS, taking everything. People was running down the street with couches, and, you know, people were taking stuff. It was really, really bad. When I was younger, we didn't even put it together like, okay, this is what happened. It was just people stealing stuff. When mm-hmm. I look at the situation now down there, the first thing I heard was they were down there taking rims. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on? Because I really wasn't watching to see what was going on. I heard, and it was like, you know, you need to look and see what's going on. And I'm with you on the ritual thing because I recently learned about rituals and learned about a lot of things. Um, and it does make a lot of sense. To me, it does. Now, the name calling, and I feel like it was like cyberbullying that they were doing with you, I was just shaking my head because a person <laughs> can't have their opinion. Because it's a lot of cyberbullying. You know what I mean? It's just like um, anybody, if you see somebody doing good, somebody has something to say about it. If you see somebody doing bad, somebody got to say something about it. You know, so I feel that the ritual thing and having a person, you know, try to show them peace and help and, like you said, do the ritual so that they can help that, you know, so Michael can basically, you know, try to bring peace into the city. I believe in it. But, you know, having parents, well, my mom and my grandmother from Shreveport, Louisiana, you couldn't say nothing like that to them. They think I'm the devil. Right. So... I was at the house today, and I was speaking up on it, you know, and, it, you know, I tried, and I basically got booed up out the house in the rain. You take your baby and go. <laughs> so if I bring, if I, and then, you know, if I bring up the topic, it's an issue or whatever, but, I mean, I just don't get it. I, 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 I believe in it. I started it. I, you know, I had to do it basically for my son, you know what I mean, for my father because, you know, literally my dad committed suicide. Like, he got out of prison, and I was pregnant with my 19-year-old, and he committed suicide, you know. So being, you know, basically having depression from that, I've always been up and down with, you know, depression and different issues, just, you know, being a single mom. But um, I just was basically calling about, I call it cyberbullying, and I just want to let you know that I believe in what you were saying, and it's working. It has worked for me so far, um, being a little bit more peace in my life, and I feel like I flow a little bit better. And I just feel like hopefully something good will happen down there. But like you said, I don't believe that, you know, when they go to court, it's not going to be there. I already been believe that man is gone somewhere. He's probably somewhere in Canada, somewhere. They got him up out of here. Right. Because they have somebody, um, what's his name? Tommy, Tommy something that's on, um, he's always on YouTube. Tommy Sawyer. Tommy so he's a black dude. Uh, the one that's so always, yeah, he's talking about why he don't, he don't never be around black folks, this and that. Well, he went down there. He drove down there to an address. Did you see that? Did you see it? Did you look it up? He went down there to an address they had for the for the cop that shot Michael. And oh, he showed yet. up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he recently went over there and it was like these two white ladies came to the door and basically he was like, look, we don't know nothing about nothing and he don't live here. So, you know, I guess they tried to give out an address and whatever, but he doesn't stay there. I just, you know, I feel really bad for the mom, you know, and I think what she was trying to say 
was, you know, I, you know how you know how black women are, you know. I, I made you, you know, they get mad at you. I remember my mom, they cuss you out, they get mad at you, and then it's like, I made you, I take you out this world. I think she meant something like that. You know, kind of like that um, saying she, when she said what she said. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's just a thing. I totally get that. And I don't, and I'm not, that's, like I said, the last caller took me out of context whatsoever and just jumped. No, in I'm, not I'm not taking you out. I'm not taking you out of context. I know what she was trying to say, and I know what the lady was trying to say, too. Because if you look at the mom, I didn't even know that was his mother. When she was, you know, out there, and, you, know, was, you know, when she was first talking and everything, and she looked distraught and whatever, then a couple of days later, you look like they kind of like, okay, it looked like they had somebody like a Pete. They had somebody talk to her. To me, it looked like the dad ain't been with the mama. It looked like, you know, when this happened, they pulled them together real quick. I was, right. I was looking at that. They pulled That's them together whole, real quick. That's a whole nother, and and just like the Trayvon case, the mother and father are not together because the not first together. cat, the first cat who held up the sign, he says, a police officer just killed my son, Michael Brown. He was the stepfather. So and the picture that when they're standing side by side in the church, um, and I mean still big up to Michael Brown. You don't see. I'm like, sorry, but you don't see no warmth there. You well, don't see no warmth there. Right. You I'm don't sorry. see any warmth there. You don't see any warmth there. But big ups for him. Even if they did say y'all need to come stand together for the cameras, like where's the stepfather? Like the stepfather's been the one feeding Michael Brown. Why couldn't he be? You know, be there because. This is who they're going to try to name them. The whole thing is going to go through some civil rights suit. They've already told them how much money Trayvon's parents got, and this is what we're going to try to do for you because we can't hang this uh, police officer in this town because he's related to such and such and such and such. But we're going to have to go through with the mockery of a trial, and then we're going to come back through a civil trial, and then we'll give you a couple million dollars, and then it'll already be like a year and a half gone by and then you can you know you're going to make some money for making appearances on television shows it's going to be played out exactly just like they played out and they had Trayvon Martin's mama going around and Trayvon Martin's Mm -hmm. daddy is going to play out the exact same way but my piece is about I want to go back to the topic of the show if you if men because now I want people to keep thinking I just talked about the ladies the whole show you men have to get healthy and stand up and insist that she stand down. And a woman wants to stand down. And the women who don't want to stand down, they're not just angry at the cops because they look at the cops at authority. They're angry at all men that have been in authority over them and mistreated them their whole life. And I know a thousand of those women who are like, you know what, you don't tell me, like anytime they see a man, they're saying, especially a police officer with a gun. Yo, somebody's got a gun, he's in charge. Mm -hmm. And when somebody wages war on you and you don't have any weapons or any type of defense and your numbers, like it's five of them and one of you, every video that every person is posting on YouTube right now where they're showing police brutality, guess what? When one police slams him to the ground, it's at least six of them mobbing on him 
immediately. We're not mobbing on nobody like that because we don't have the numbers and we don't have the training, which is back to my basic premise of, ladies, you distract us from being in our full warrior mode when you're right there standing with us at this day and time. In this fight, on this front line, we don't need you to physically stand there. Now, what we need you ladies to do, because now somebody said, well, you're just talking and you're offering no solutions. They've been putting this little flyer out, Ro. I'm going to turn this back over to Ro. Watch this what I'm going to get ready to say. They want everybody to do a blackout on September the 8th and don't buy anything from any from Best Buy, Walmart, whatever. Ro, will a blackout work if black women don't get behind it? Are black women going to stop buying hair care products for 90 days? No. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Um, but they have well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let's try this. Um, if they, because the Montgomery boy buscout is what everybody's talking about. They said, well, when they boycotted in Montgomery, we got some attention. Yes, but when we got back on the boat, I'm on the bus, we still didn't have our own bus company. So let's say if we try that now around a holiday, will black women not go shopping for Christmas um, for Michael Brown? Yes or no? No, they don't, they don't, still, they don't still shop. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean they're angry. I mean, all these black women that are marching, and white women who are marching in Chicago, New York, Atlanta, uh, L.A., will they say, "I'm not going to buy anything um, over the Christmas holidays, or Valentine's Day, or Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to the um, uh, the uh, Black Friday sale either." Because of what happened to Michael Brown, until he gets justice, will women do that? No, but they need to do it. Exactly. Can, so I, can I just can I just say one thing real quick? You were saying something about you know the men need to come in and tell the women to basically stand down. I know I, that sounds good, but when you got so many men, I call it the out of sight, out of mind situation where they have kids, but. You know, if out of sight, out of mind, they're not doing nothing, they they do what they want to do. I mean, if they see these women that's going to be in the front line like that, and they and there's a lot of men out here that's not doing anything for their children or really not even on the, on the side, on the other side of the woman to help, what makes you think they're really going to sit there and tell these women to back down and just, you know, chill and we'll take over? Because there's not a lot of real men out here too much no more either. So I, I, Excuse me. Women need to stop saying that. Okay. I feel, no, no, no. I'm Word. saying this because Word. I'm saying this because it is true from what I'm seeing. Word. From what I'm seeing from around here where I live at. Now Listen I know I from what I say at. Listen to what she's Word. saying. I'm not trying to prove your point. Just listen to what she's getting your ready to tell words, you. Yes, your words are have become your reality. You have to stop saying that. Men are not evil. I never men, said men are evil. I said that me ask you. I said if there's a lot of men, has, never, evil never came out of my mouth. I said when you have a I lot of men. That that. Okay, I listen, I can tell you this. That. Well, I tell you all for me. I know for a fact that if I put my behind on the front line and went out there knowing I got my sons, knowing I got my three-year-old, that nobody helps me do I do everything for mine. And I was out there and something was to happen to me. I know that my child father, if they was to see me out there, they would. It would. You think they would stop? They would be like, let her go on. They would not stop me. 
I'm just saying I can speak for me. Would you listen to him? Would you listen to him? Uh, if your father, listen, hold, hold, let me answer this. Yeah, question. I would. If if if, if he shows up, he ain't been doing nothing for you and your children or anything, and you find your way, leave your children here, in, I mean, wherever you stay at, go to Ferguson, mm-hmm. on the front line in Ferguson, and all of a sudden you bump into your baby fathers, and they be like, get your ass in the house with them kids. What are you going to tell them? Mm-hmm. What you going to tell them? What you going to tell them? Per- no- I mean, personally, I'm not going to sit on the phone and lie. I, to me, knowing that, you know, you knowing what's going on, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be out there. I'm sorry. That's just me. I wouldn't be out there. Now, I can, you know, from the sideline, if it's something else that I probably can do, but me personally, just to be out there knowing how aggressive everything is and the shooting and somebody, I, I wouldn't be there. Would you listen to your baby father if he came and told you something to do like a man right now is the question. If you was down there, don't try to squeeze out of the question because you say you <laughs> I'm not going to squeeze out the question. I'm yes, serious. I, I, I probably, I, I, it probably depends on the tone. There we go. You're going to sit there and keep yourself in danger way because of the tone. I said on the tone. It, at that time, it depends on the tone. You know, that's just like anybody. If you talk no, to somebody, no, if you talk no, to somebody no, in the right way, no, that's how I no. feel. You have to listen to what you're saying. You'd rather be right than safe. No, no, what I'm saying is I know personally, I told you at first, I know I wouldn't be out there. It's not for me. No, but you said it depends on the tone. So what no, where he was saying that if your baby father was out there and said, get your ass home, would you go home? Now, if he was you out there like, okay, well, on the tone. On the tone. I said if I was out there, what you're like, saying well, I got this, you should go home. You I would probably go home. home. Okay. But it's, it's probably being me and Okay. That's I'm just saying, how much does the tone matter? When how much does the tone matter? When you, what kind of point are you trying to prove with the tone? Well, at the end of the day, it don't matter because I know me personally, I wouldn't be out there. Um, I wouldn't be out there with all that. I couldn't be out there. You know, I couldn't be out there. And they don't care. They shoot. I couldn't be out there. So like I said, so he wanted to come back into the house. And get back no, in the house. No, it's nobody. See, the thing with me is, it's not coming back in the house because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a single parent. And I don't, I don't go back and forth. I'm one of those women. I don't talk to mine. I do everything that I have to do. I choose so for my child to be in a safe environment because so his father is not, is not, is not that type of dude that I can go back and forth on the phone with and conversate with. He's not, he's not right for my child. The safety of my child is important. If your father. And so if he gets the book, man leads and says, I'm going to come back in the crib and start leading and, and come back into my child's life and your life, well, then what are you going to say? Um, to be honest with you, my situation with my my son right now, father, yes, I have son fathers. I would never, it, it could be no book that he could read for me to be back, you know, to go back with him. There's not one book. And this is not because, oh, we had an argument or uh, it was nothing like that. This man put his hands on me when I was pregnant with my child. You know, so I was in the hospital. So that's something to me. You know, I was pregnant, stomach out and everything, and you was drunk or whatever the case may be, and you put your hands on me. So it's not a book that he can read to, to me for me to go back with him. I don't do that. I don't go back and forth like that. And that's the first time a man ever put their hands on me. 
Mm-hmm. So in my book, you know, I don't I don't know. Some women they do go back and forth like that. I just wouldn't. I mean, when you do that to me, you don't care about me or my child. Safety right. is more important. So I hope I'm not getting, you know, looked at crazy or, you know, like, oh, you know, because of the book situation. No, I wouldn't go back with that man. Right. That's just no, me. You know, if you put your hands on me, you know, and it's not, oh, you know, and then you put your hands on me, you did it in front of your own mother, and when your mother tried to stop you and you slapped your mother down, if a man slapped their mama down, you know they don't mind killing you. So here's my, I mean, how did you miss all those yellow signs, though? Because when you met him I believe that when my child passed away, when my child passed away, I was really, truly deep down in depression, and he was somebody that I kind of like, you know, I was like, okay, I want this out of my mind. I don't want to think about my son no more. I, I was kind of trying to go out with him, and some things wasn't really right. It's like, um, and you pick an unhealthy point. man. That's why we recommend the book to you, so you don't pick unhealthy. You know what? Yeah, listen, I'm gonna tell you something about me right now. I'm very happy. I'm glad that at the end of the day, that situation happened for me to uplift myself, leave, get the things that I could, put in my car, and drive pregnant after I got my butt out the hospital, clean from Michigan all the way back to California on my own and start over my life again, and guess what I did? I ended up going to nursing school. I just graduated. I've done a lot of things that I think I probably wouldn't have done if those things probably wouldn't have happened. They opened up my eyes. And therefore, when it comes to men, you know, I'm very content where I'm at right now. I'm out of school. I know what I have to be focused on to make my life. And then, you know, once I, I think once I get myself all the way together, spiritually, everything, then I'm ready. I don't want to go into anything, and I'm not completely ready yet. That's just how I feel. But I know what I want, and I know what I don't want. And right now, I'm, I'm all right with that. Because right now, I have to focus and raise these boys, you know, raise my son. So, okay, don't so go ahead, Ro. What is what is her name? Tiffany. Tiffany, how mm-hmm. is your femininity with all of this stuff? I'm not going to even lie to you. I used to be real, 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 um, maybe because of my grandmother, you don't need no men. They ain't crap. I used to have that bad. I'm not going to lie to okay. you and sit there and say I didn't. I had that bad. Let me tell you something. It is very difficult for me to listen to your voice. Mm-hmm. Your voice is extremely harsh, and it sounds scary. That's crazy. I've never heard nothing like that before. Okay. It's probably because the people who you scared didn't tell you and left. No, really, because I can tell you this right here. I have ex-boyfriends that are married now, live totally different states, that we are really good friends. So, So therefore, they know me as being a good person. The way that you talk is dominant, masculine, and scary. Your voice, the way that you talk, the way you use words, it is scary. The way I use my words? 
Because yes. I told you yes. that basically I left a situation. No, no, no. I went and I was no, no, no. It's your tone. It ain't got nothing to do with your voice. Yeah, the energy the coming energy. from your voice. The energy coming from my voice? I, I, I'm lost. I'm just thinking okay. I'm holding a conversation with you guys. Okay. You, we don't just hold conversations. When we talk, we are either masculine or feminine. We are either dominant or soft. We are either nurturing or not. Your voice, the way that the energy is coming from your voice, is scary. I'm just going to say that's your opinion. Okay. That's your opinion because, you know, as being a black woman on the phone talking to a another black one, I, just, I feel like you're trying to put me down. And that's something that I don't do. I've right. never you been the type. I'm not the type to put nobody down or sit there and get I on the phone and say something right. negative. I would never I say anything negative be, to you. I think I you wouldn't. will be all right. I think you will be all right. But I'm not going to be all right. Somebody <laughs> has to tell you. Somebody has to tell you. I mean, but and the thing and about and it, and you're and the first person, but it's okay if you feel that way. I don't feel that way. I mean, Hey, okay. record, he's listen. recording this. It's going to be on YouTube, so maybe I could play this yeah. back to somebody and let them hear it and see what no. they think. Or what you think, because my voice, what doesn't I think. my voice doesn't sound the same when I'm listening to it as when I listen to it and play it back. And when people are giving me feedback, sometimes I may not smell my own body odor or my own breath. <laughs> yes, so understandable. Wait a minute. And I think it's kind of this, harsh for somebody to sit up there on the phone and tell you that you sound scary. Yeah, no, Come no, no, no. Now. She's not saying that you are a scary person or that you sound scary. I know what she's saying. Time. I know exactly what she's saying. I'm very but smart. But so I know what she's saying. But, but I'm listen, just saying to me. You're talking over me now, a man who's not being offensive, who's not being insulting, and you're being defensive, and I'm not trying to be offensive or talk down to you. And you're not being, like, to me, and and you can ask as many men as you want, it's not feminine to us when we're talking and a woman talks over us. Like, especially, like, um, I'm running the thing, and, like, I'm being in control of the show to make sure we don't have a party line. I'm making sure that nobody disrespects nobody. If Rose was disrespecting you, I would, I could mute Rose Mike. Cause I'm I'm the watchdog here. I'm the protector of everybody. So even if and that's I understandable. Say, and there you go again. Just 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 I'm listen. I'm sorry. To I'm sorry, babe. This another thing. You are the, yes, it is your show. I was commenting on one thing. You asked me a question. I commented on that. I just gave you a scenario. The reason you brought up the book situation with she he brought this book. You wouldn't go back. No, that's the reason why I brought the scenario. Sorry, somebody put their hands on me. I choose not to go back with them. There's a lot of women that do go back with me and they do that. I don't want to go back with nobody. We're not talking about that. We moved on. We moved on. We went from that, and then she asked me a question from that. And then we told you about your tone. We gave you feedback to try to help you. If you don't want to take it, we don't. That's we're to not me, it's the difference between feedback when she was like, I, your voice, you know, I, I, being a woman, talking to another woman, I can hear her tone too. I can say, you know, wait a minute. I'm, dang, I thought I was talking cool. I mean, I thought I was coming off like y'all it, understood me. It is very common, and I used to be just the same way. It is very common. Or when a woman approaches you with a soft, gentle voice, 
and you're not in your soft, gentle voice, you find her soft, gentle voice annoying and offensive and condescending. This is very common because you're in a different energy than I am right now. I switch my voice. I don't have the same voice all the time, but I know that I have to change it and make it appropriate for certain people to hear me and to have compassion for me. Well, I didn't call on here for nobody to have compassion for me. I called because of the topic, and I was just giving my opinion. And I was telling him how I felt about, you know, the situation with the rituals. And another thing, you talking about spirit, I don't think I talk in a, in a, I don't know. I never had an issue. I've never heard it before. You're trying to say, well, maybe it's the first time somebody said it to you or whatever. But, you know, I'm going through my own thing spiritually and how, and I know me. One thing about me, mm-hmm. I'm never one to be negative towards anybody. Okay. That's, well, not, my, that's not my style. Well, thank you, because um, this is the most I can go. This is the furthest I can go. I'm okay. Well, you know what? You guys have a good night. Thank you, Tiffany, for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Your microphone is wide open. What's happening? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, peace, peace. What's going on, Brother Amar? Peace, Brother Amar. I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, Hi. Yeah, yeah, I just want to say I've been listening to everybody um, tonight. And uh, I just think that, one, we got to kind of first, you know, consult with the the spiritual forces and the, um, the astrologists before we approach anything in life. You know, everybody in history always went to the shaman, any Chinese, any pharaoh, any Chinese head of, of state always consulted with their astrologers and their spiritualists first. Uh, and that's so that's what anything we do in life from the day we were born. So, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, also, you know, we have to we have to be able to discuss things without the emotion and our personal uh I know our personal hurt comes into play when we discuss things. So it's it's unfortunate sometimes because we don't get enough of these forms, so we have to try to speak on a lot of things, and it invades the topic that we're actually discussing at hand. Um, so we probably need, you know, more of Kair, probably, you know, people sending in the questions and um to get all the questions out first before we actually start to have people talk, talking to each other because of that, you know, our ability to kind of not control the emotion behind things. And I heard I was sitting here listening for some hours now, working and listening, and I heard the sisters going back and forth, and I heard a lot of hurt. And so, Kaya, you know, every every time we have a form, it seems to be hijacked by the hurt of the community, <laughs> hmm. which is unfortunate. You know, but um, I just wanted to say that piece, man, and, you know, hopefully the Sister Tiffany is still listening, and um, hopefully you and the sister that uh, was talking can have a side conversation outside of this forum and uh, and, and build on that. And uh, other than that, brother, appreciate the, the conversation. I got to jump off. I wanted to say that before I, um, I exited. All right. But we still want to know, 
how do you feel about the topic? Do you feel that the women should be standing beside you fighting while you up there fighting with the police, or should she be inside being feminine? I, I think it is uh, at war, strategy prevails, good strategy prevails, and it's never uh, a good strategy to have one strategy. Okay. But you notice that you don't see any of the police the police force, their wives are not out there with them or none of their uh, community and family members are out there with them. Have you noticed any photos or videos or anything like that where the wives of the police officers out there? Again, these are um these are hired salaried employees and maybe some mm-hmm. even positions um, that are invading a, a land that's occupied, you know, by some of our people. We have to uh, we have to look at all elements, all angles, and that's a good point that you made about their wives are not out there, but we're not also invading their actual community. Now, if we were to invade their community, it may be a different story. You know, we haven't seen a black force, a black police force, or a black you know militia invade a white community and hold it hostage. This is my point. You know, this is my point. You haven't seen our power uh, exercised over their community, you know, uh, since the, the creation of, you know, camera phone television. Maybe when Hannibal or some of the other brothers invaded Europe, you might have seen that, but you haven't seen it in our time. So uh, I think strategy... To answer your question, I think, you know, it's it's a strategy. We shouldn't have one strategy. And, you know, even watching some of the other culture films, I watch a lot of Chinese uh, war films, the women are trained, you know, if need be, to take care of the home or defending it if the time comes. Um, and, you know, we are out of order. You know, we don't have any order. We don't have family order, personal order, community order. There's no order. There's no strategy. Uh, it's reactionary. They're reaction. They're reactionaries. So in, in the reaction, there hasn't been any strategy, brother. So uh, the, the the sisters, if need be, and that's the strategy. They need to fight. Then yes, it's different ways to fight. Like you said, we we. Someone asked me the other day about about fighting. And I told them that the, the heavens are at war. The gods are at war. We're mere mortals. So if the gods are at war, then what do you think the the, the mortals are going to be? You know, so it, uh, some of this, like you were saying, you fighting against deeper magic, deeper deeper musicians. I'm fighting against deeper architects or different angels. Oh, everything is at war. We are, like you told me years ago. You said we live on a planet that is based on war. Hmm. Yep. Animals are at war. You know, the predator and prey. You know, people say it's, it's it's peace in nature, but if you listen enough to nature, there's war going on in nature. There's war going on in the woods. Something is running from something. Something <laughs> is trying. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think that's, that's not sounds of peace. That sounds of some some you know some 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 insect running. And you know, and, 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 and even um in some of our past shows, Roe has said she has fought very hard to regain her femininity. Didn't you say that one time, Ro? I fought very hard to regain my femininity. Right. So I don't I don't have a whole bunch of um 
uh, mercy for somebody who thinks that I have had my femininity like this the whole time. If I can do it, some other people can do it too. Mm. Well, you know, this this is the thing that, you know, Kaya, you know, you point out in astrology. You know, we'll all have our own purpose. So that we can't generalize uh, ourselves on someone else that's destined and defined to do something entirely different. So you're defined and you're destined to do that. One thing they talk about in these Chinese movies is about fate. That is your own personal fate. That your personal fate cannot be exerted or exercised over someone else's fate. So that's that's a personal entity, you know. And as you get deeper into the, you know, our birth charts and things, we're all defined to do something different. So I may actually, you may find that route. Someone else is going to find a different route. So you know, it's all about connecting the dots and helping each other in whatever our route may be. Absolutely. But, I mean, as we've said many times, as Rose says, her information is for healthy relationships. So people who have a fate of a healthy relationship, like teachers that I've had and that you've had and that Rose had, Rose, it was in her fate that she studied with them. So, But right. the teacher the teacher needed to say, hey, I'm over here. I did write the manual. Everybody ain't going to read it. Everybody hasn't read Shakespeare. Everybody hasn't read Things Fall Apart. Everybody hasn't read um, uh, Man Lead. Everybody ain't read the Bible. Everybody ain't read the Quran. But it had to get done. And so what we're doing is taking something that we believe is very useful and saying, here it is for people, you know what I'm saying, who want this particular lifestyle. And if it don't fit, like if you want to have war, if you want to have chaos in your house, and you don't want to be in a healthy uh, heterosexual relationship, this is not the book for you. Like, well, you know brother, like, I think, you know, a lot of this needs to come down to clanship. And um, I'm I'm a true believer of tribal forces and clanship and diplomacy. And you building your own tribe and your own clan and this and defining it. This is who we are, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, and you defend it. The thing about you're not born in peace, you're born in chaos. You have to attain peace, and then peace has to be protected. So if you're a peaceful tribe and, you know, you're protecting that and defending it, then continue to build it and invite those who want to be a part of that. They will come once it's built. That's just how it all works, you know, and there will be other tribal forces that won't agree. So they have to, you know, they have to serve their fate as well. So you're looking at the fate of your clan and no clear. Hey, look, you over there, uh, you got Ro over there smiling because what I can I can read her mind right now when Ro is saying, didn't he just describe lineage? Didn't he just prove our point from last week that men are always right. talking about lineage? Ro, what did he just right. did he just break down lineage? Ro, did he just tell us about how a man really feels? That's not like a healthy man. He talking he talking lineage. He ain't talking about nothing but lineage. His last three minutes, it was all lineage right. talk. That was all lineage, bro. That's why that's that's my bra right there. Yes, that's right. A man who recognizes that his lineage is what's important to him. And that's why we had to show men like me are saying strategically, I want lineage and I can't have lineage if my woman is getting shot at by my enemy. She can't. Right. I just right. want to say notice the uh the clan uh Chief Farrakhan. And you see how Minister Farrakhan moved. He moved 
and still in the same fashion, sort of, of how Elijah moved. You don't see any of the MGT out there. You don't even see a heavy force. He didn't even send all his soldiers down there. He has an a elite force that he could actually send to Ferguson. He strategically didn't. Right. You know, so that, there's, a, there's, a, there's a reason why you don't see them, them there in that, in that presence. He got enough soldiers to surround every police out there. <laughs> he made a tribal decision not to. Right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, you, exactly. Whether, you, whether you agree with, with uh, Chief Farrakhan or not, you know, he has a tribe. You know, and he's not going to, he knows um, exactly uh, about warfare. And it's a reason why, you know, Elijah said, don't have things on you that can agitate these forces. Because you don't want to, you don't want to activate these forces, especially when you're not prepared to deal with that force and that energy force. You see, so war is an energy force. You're not ready to go go to that point. And so, like you said, it's been a ceremony out there of it's a ritual, sacrificing these lives. Um, and that's why I sent you that. Yeah, it's definitely intentional. And, you know, you, you definitely got to keep the women at home. You already have a um, <clears throat> what we call, if you're not in a clan per se, a structured clan or civilization or civil order, you're what they call a savage. And and savages are like nomads or they don't have that, that structure or their order, you know, and they're easily cherry-picked. And so what you're looking at right now is a cherry-picking. They pick either any one of them women or men out there in the protest, and they just take them. They cherry-pick you, time for you to go. You, let's take you. You, let's shoot you. You, let's rest you. It's just cherry-pick. It's a field day. It's really the the worst form of military strategy available. You know, it's a savage military strategy. Uh, and that's why savages use a lot of easy to get wiped out. So, uh, yeah, got to protect the women and, and build that clanship and that civil order uh, and that defense mechanism. Or else, bro, we can have this conversation, which I don't even, I don't even always agree with these conversations that be having. I think we probably, you know, mm-hmm. most part need to focus on, you know, the tribal forces and building mm-hmm. up tribes. Absolutely, big bro. Well, I think that you would find mm-hmm. that Rose book, Man Leads. My, uh, I think that you would really, really, really find a lot of uh, various strategies in there, like you said. Uh, not just one, but I think that she has done a wonderful job of making a contribution um, <laughs> to, um, you know, to the topic tonight because I couldn't have done the show, you know, without her. And she's going to influence herself because you gotta, you got to have the wisdom. You understand that part, too. You got to have – you can't just have the knowledge. You got to have the wisdom as well. But when the wisdom is misplaced – I think that's what the show is really about. When the wisdom is misplaced, and that's what the show every Wednesday is about. Is right. when well, two, well, two, two things, bro. I'm going to cut y'all. I got to roll, but two things before I get out of here. That book should be in every barbershop and, and beauty salon uh, in our neighborhood. Um, those are the two places that mm-hmm. has always been, you know, the support of the black community or that, that foundation or anchor. Um, as well, I think we got to um, build those elder councils again. We gotta have the youth groups and the elder the eldership has to be brought back where the elders of the community gather. Um and I'm not talking about the clerk the church clergy type elder, you know, leadership and bishop T D Jason them get together. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people like the sister 
a role on the phone, talking about brothers like you and a, a brother eldership uh, council, a sister eldership council, where the sisters, you know, are getting together and actually having these councils and inviting each other. Um, and the tribal force, the tribal chiefs can get together like yourself and meet with other chiefs because there's many others in the community. You know, they, if we just don't get on the same accord and, and kind of grow as a larger force, Voltron, you know, so uh, and discuss these things. We've got differences, but we need to talk them out and, and have some type of diplomacy, you know, so you can exercise these thoughts and drop these seeds in the okay, council, so and then the council can drop these seeds in the youth. You when see? do we start? The The councils? Start to invite people. You know, we got it. It's a relationship. Kaya is big on relationships. Within relationships, have to be built and earned, and trust got to be built. So, I would say, you know, set dates, and we have to start to invite people. You know, two, four, eight, ten. Um, I would say, you know, do it that way. Mhm. Yeah, got every, every 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 mother has a grandmother, and every mother has you know a daughter or a son. And the, and the good thing about clans clanship is that there's a structure where the elders are respected, and you bring your children. You know, people bring their children to church, and the children don't really like to go to church, but they still have to go. So why not bring your children to you know a place like you know when you you're discussing these things, so they can see the elder people getting together and, and being serious. Uh, and right. then it's also training with them. You know, at some point, those children have to come up and know they're taking the place. They had a responsibility now. I heard you talk about Malik Zul Shabazz earlier, uh, Kaya, and the brother has grown some. He still has a, a bit of ego to him, but he's grown some. He said something uh, very, very good on a show with Sinetta I was watching. He said that Minister Farrakhan got together at Savior's Day and put Noble Drew Ali, Marcus Garvey, uh, and all of our elite, Dr. Collett, on the wall and honored all of them. And I thought that was very tribal. I say, you know, Minister Farrakhan, to do that, to take the tribal chiefs of these different war tribes and acknowledge them and honor them as a chief yourself, that says a lot. That says that says a lot. So, you know, this this, this conversation that we're having tonight about this this should be we should be meeting with the chiefs of Ferguson. The first thing I ask is where the where's the chiefs at? Where the where the leaders at from that community that make decisions and their and their sons follow them follow them or where the mothers at? They don't they don't have any. They don't have it they, they don't have, have any they don't have any organized right. and see now that's nah. and which which is one of the problems with people coming in and everybody wants to go to Ferguson like Ferguson was so organized. That's the hypocrisy of the whole thing is Ferguson had no leadership, they had no political voice, they had nothing but a bunch of unemployment and a bunch of cash giving. So I had two I said two I said two things yesterday, uh, uh two things that needed to happen. One, we need to address why was the brother stealing. So we need a actual youth program in Ferguson. That's saying to me that if the brother out stealing smoking stealing cigars, that's telling me that they lack the actual, you know, influence of some strong brothers like yourself in that community. One. Two they need a Ferguson political party to immediately vote out all of them uh, crackers in office in Ferguson. <laughs> Those are the first two immediate things. So every celebrity, everybody that's coming, need the first. They need to 
give to two different programs, one the youth group program, and they need to give to the Ferguson political party. Them are the two things that they need to form immediately. Woo! And they need to have a, a, a then they need to have a police, an actual uh, citizens police uh, organization that will arrest uh, Darren Wilson if he ever steps foot back into Ferguson uh, 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 suburbs. He ain't coming back. To me, I got. Two I'm dollars. just saying that that needs to be, that needs to be known. If he they're going to have a citizen arrest or a citizen arrest board or a citizen uh, police force, which you can legally uh, uh, form. And they need to let it known that they will arrest Darren Wilson if he ever comes into that county or into that area, or any other county. They need, we need to be able to have every black place where we we stay. We need to be able to say there's a citizen's arrest for this person. I we are arresting. Well, I want to let Roe get a word in too, but I wanted to say that if we're gonna do citizens' arrest for for Darren Wilson as a white police officer. We need a citizen police force to start arresting for black on black crime too, because I ain't gonna true. see him. I ain't gonna see him make it seem like you know the white man is just picking off blacks. You know, I no, it ain't. Well, but then well, what you gonna do with? I mean, so then we got to, if you gonna do that, brother, then you got to have some type of uh, what you deem as illegal, because you know then you don't, you got to arrest the weed man. You arrest the weed man, it's gonna be an uproar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna. If we get enough people. Yeah. Vote, then we're gonna be all right. But I want to let Ro get something. <laughs> only, only got four minutes left. Ro, please tell people how they can um, find you, find your right, book, peace. and uh, where you at. Thank you, brother Mar. I'm holla at you. Right, peace. peace. Thank you. Peace. You can find me. You can find me on Facebook at Ro Cutno R O, last name C U T N O, and the book is Man Leaves, and you can find the book. At Amazon, or you can contact me. But I want to say that we have all of these solutions in mind, and none of these solutions are going to be effective if we do not fix the core problem, which is the family. That can be fixed faster than than a lot of these other solutions. Yes, I. Root cause therapeutics. That's why I had you come on Symptometry. You are offering a, you go into the very root, like all of those things. If the family is fixed, we don't need citizens arrest. If the family is fixed, we don't necessarily have to vote out, you know, as <laughs> as Amara right. said, vote out the folks. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, the family is dysfunctional. And I right. totally, which is one of the reasons I'm behind the book, and just the ideal of the book is because I am a recoverer. I'm a latchkey kid coming from a dysfunctional family in the Reagan era. So I know how much work I did on myself and the people who have collectively helped me. And I consider myself very blessed. I definitely must have some fate to give back. So that's why, you know, I'm in right. the same. So if um somebody wants to team up with Coach Kyrie. Uh, you can catch me at CoachKair.com, Coach Kair on Instagram, Moon Magic. If you don't sign up by morning, Moon Magic 28 info. See you again September the 16th will be the next day that opens back up. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you send me a friend request if you want to on Facebook. I definitely appreciate you for coming on the show tonight and um, rocking with me over there in the co-pilot seat on the phone because we, we, we can hear.